This episode of Watch Out for Fireball is like all of our episodes, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, head on over, check out what we have on offer. Uh, we put in a lot of hard work. I'm really proud of the network. If uh, if you would like to support us, that is the best and easiest way to do so. Um, if you're unable to, ratings reviews are also great. So thanks to everybody who supports us. Thanks to everybody who's considered it. And thanks to everybody who listens. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week is part two of our coverage of Nier, an action RPG published by Square in 2010. Um, if you're listening to this without having listened to part one, you will be lost. Yeah, it will make no sense to you. So yeah, don't. And I don't think if anybody ever does that, but I think it's a, it's an edge case worth covering our bets. Absolutely. It's like the, yeah, the person who, um, you know, who who drinks preparation age or whatever <laughs> you know and they had to they put that thing on the label yeah. that does sound like gallagher or gallagher too but like the uh the you know so we're just covering on the a weird rare edge case that somebody starts in the middle of this yeah yeah and this this could be somebody's first episode and it just comes up uh on random or uh on yes. their playlist so yeah they just decided to check it out and they're like they think it's going to be like news you can use <laughs> and in fact it is not no it is us talking about this game that uh who boy in ge- in general, like I don't want to go. This will be stuff. More of this will come up next episode, right? But so like between last time and this time when we recorded the last time, I had barely, you know, I'd played only a little bit further than we got. Since then, I beat the game. Um, this is, and I've been waiting for a good excuse for this to come in. This is truly a Wishmaster reporting for duty situation <laughs> because me wishing the game got more interesting, uh, which it does, only kind of helps. Like, I got to all of the interesting things in the game. Right. Uh, and now I'm just so mad that it is trapped in this game. Yep. Because <laughs> I, you know, at the end of this, like, and it's it's not, like, for me, it's not aging super well. Like, I'm getting, like, I'm remembering bad parts a lot. Yeah. I think you just listen to the show. Don't play this fucking game. <laughs> like, by any means. Like, the, the stuff that it does is super cool, and we're going to talk about how cool it is. And, like, yeah. nothing I could say would make it not cool. Um, I was so mad during so much of it. And it... We're going to – this episode is going to start with some cool stuff, admittedly. Uh, it's going to end with some, like, significantly less cool stuff. Like, I you – know, the the, uh, the revisits in the second half I am not super into. And then the uh, New Game Plus, which is, like, like the actual new content in that mm-hmm. is slight, yeah, uh, to say the least. Like, you spend very little time doing new stuff. Right. It is, like, it is literally like, just things that are inserted, uh, yes. you know, like, uh, like spacers in the content that you had already done. 
Yes. It, this is a crassly repetitive game. Yeah, like, it is it is just copy and paste over again. It's kind of ridiculous with the exception of, you know, big boss fights or whatever. There is nothing new to see. And so your experience has changed. You know, you finished the game since we recorded last time. I've gotten mm-hmm. toward the end of kind of the first ending when basically mm-hmm. finished the first quarter of near automata. Um, mm-hmm. watch a, you know, listen to this episode, watch like a YouTube, like lore summary of this game. So you can get mm-hmm. the visuals and stuff like that, like understand what a meal looks like later yeah. on, you know, um, and then just play automata. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, there, there's, there's, this does not to me, this, I don't think this justifies its existence and we'll, we'll get into it. But like yeah. th- this, if like, I don't think that uh, automata probably couldn't exist on its own. Like I've seen enough screenshots to know that there are at least visual, you know, characters reappear. Yeah. Right. Um, the, uh, this is something where. The the cool things about this and even setting up automata should have been done so much differently. Yes. It fulfills a good function it, and does it in a terrible way. Yeah. It is like, it is broken to the core. And I'm not talking about like just, oh, does it function or does it not in the way that yeah. we often use broken, you know, in our vocabulary when we talk about these things. Like there is nothing that could be done with this product as it exists right now with the way that it is planned to actually yeah. save it. Like there, are yeah. pe- I've seen people say like, "Oh, they should remake Near and fix the combat, no. et cetera." No, no, it wouldn't fix it though, because you'd still you'd still be asking me to go to the junk heap four times, and the junk heap would still be the junk heap. Yeah, and like you know, this, this I'm not overly. This isn't like the overly furious gamer logging on or whatever. But like, <laughs> if I were the type of person to do this, it got to the point where going to the junk heap made me want to scream into a pillow. Yeah. Like I didn't, because that's overly dramatic and that's something people do in movies, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was I was just very mad because it's it's. I think that is in the bottom five dungeons we've done for the show, like in a walk. Yeah. Like, and I'm, it's, it's, it's fresh. So I'm ex- explicitly very mad at it, mm-hmm. but like the dungeon content in this became something that like put me off the game. Yeah. Like the, 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 the junk heap specifically, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Like, uh, that is a place for four loops. It's just like, yes. well, just, just four loop through this dungeon, like a couple of different times until you hit the counter. <laughs> and it, it just it's silly to like be asked to come come back. It ends, it's like very after years esque ish mm-hmm. actually, like in structure. And it's worth talking about these general things before we get into the second episode because this is where that starts. Yes, right. Like we're going to start revisiting places. Yeah, pretty soon. Um, it's very after years ish in that respect, and that was real bad when after years did it. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like um, you know, this isn't a better articulation of this. And I don't know what that better articulation is. Like we, we talked a lot about like recontextualizing a space you've been in, mm-hmm. but like a really good example of that is um, like Bonfireside Chat, like Ilium Lois. Yes. Right. Like you do the melt mm-hmm. and you go back through and everything is different. Yeah. And this, this game just is not interested in that play uh, aspect, like getting that right, but also just has a lot of it. Mm hmm. And it is, uh, it's very frustrating. So when I say Wishmaster reporting for duty, like as the, the parts of this, their narrative, uh, got cooler, which they do get cooler. Like there's one thing, I, there's only one thing I think in this is like masterstroke mm-hmm. and we'll get to it next episode. The rest of it I think is cool, but I've seen other games do it better. Right. Um, as that stuff gets cooler though, and more enjoyable and the characters, uh, get better fleshed out and more enjoyable, the play just gets worse and worse and more crassly repetitive and more irritating to me. Yeah. So if you imagine like a graph where like one line is going up and one line is going down, mm-hmm. it's like that. Yeah. You know, so starting the, roughly at the middle for both. Yeah. So if, so if you add both of the values, it is still a net negative. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's still just kind of like, ugh. 
you know, and and the uh, the stuff that's cool. Like I, I really am looking forward to talking about it because it is neat. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, boy, mm-hmm. um, do I not like playing the act of playing this game. Which going back into, I guess this makes this appropriate for summer JRPG season mm-hmm. because that is my big problem with the genre is that like no matter how often these cool narrative beats happen. The space in between is either something you tolerate or are annoyed by. Yeah. Like, and that's how you spend most of the game. Like, mm-hmm. even in something I like, like Final Fantasy IV, you spend most of the game checked out. Doing that, checked out. Like, doing that combat, which is breezy, and sometimes you fight cool looking sprites and you always listen to good music. Mm-hmm. But it's still, that's 80% of the game by volume. Yeah. And that's true of Nier, too. Like, this is a narrative heavy game, but you spend most of your time going down identical hallways hitting you know hp sponge enemies with a sword or spamming dark hand mm-hmm. or spamming uh spear heavy attack yep you know if you choose not to do that it, it's still just the same thing but slower you know <laughs> so i guess the other thing too is if you do play this um updated you know thing if, if the cool things we're gonna talk about decide to get you to play it like for god's sake just play it on easy because yeah. getting through that stuff faster is only going to be better yeah switching it down to easy will not affect anything interesting not um, one uh, uh, about the game like there are boss fights where dialogue occurs like where you're going to want to hear what they say and just mm. slow, slow walk it so you don't kill them before the scene ends. yeah or, or just you know slow walk it or look it up yeah afterwards which is also fine yeah you know so um yeah we, we can get into it but it's just kind of a thing i was very much expecting the narrative stuff to soften Mm-hmm. Uh, some of my my feelings on it because it is cool yeah you know and the the stuff that happens even in this episode even immediately in this episode <laughs> is neat yeah you know it's neat again filling out that neat meter um and i i'm susceptible to neat mm-hmm. it just didn't uh it just didn't do enough because then after that it continually asked me to to keep playing the game yeah you know <laughs> um i also i don't know if you've got a place for them in the notes i also looked up a lot of side quests and you know, just because we, we talked about how they're generally kind of bad. Uh-huh. Um, some some of them that I looked up, like, were very skin-crawlingly bad. Yeah. And the ones that looked, like, kind of interesting that I looked up um, still play into the weaknesses of this game where no matter what the narrative wrapper or world building that's happening mm-hmm. uh, is, what you're being asked to do is limited to go place and go place and kill thing. That's onerous. It's very, you know, and most, most games do that, right? Yeah. Like most games, like a side quest, like even in a good, like a good game with good side quests, like New Vegas, like you are just being asked to go to different places. But when you do like a lot of times your role playing is mm-hmm. a difference and you're making like choices, Yeah. you know, and you have, you have like different kinds of approach, things like that. Like here, there's just one approach. You're just, everything kind of boils down to a fetch quest. Yeah. A fetch quest or a kill quest. Yeah. Uh, the, a, a, a fetch quest where literally no variables can change. Yes. Like it, it is, it is just the, it's the same window, different curtains, right? Yep. And, and the smallness of the world starts feeling very irritating Yeah. when that happens. Like, yes, it makes it quicker, <laughs> but just the idea that somebody can't walk across the street and do this themselves, like makes it more irritating. Yeah. You know, so we, we can get into it. I just had to get that off my chest as a thing where it's like, I've been talking about this game a lot since we did the episode right. and the episode came out specifically on the Slack. So like you know patreon.com slash duckvtv if you want to be like part of these conversations right like when they're happening um but i just i i wanted to soften i guess yeah that's yeah. my point and i and i'm just angrier at the game yeah like you you, know? you you walked in uh with a pennant in one hand saying near 
um, and a big yeah. foam hand that said, I'm here for the good stuff <laughs> on yeah. the other. And yeah. just very quickly, it started stomping on it. I'm, yeah, I'm Lovejoy, yeah. like, ripping off his collar. <laughs> and the movementarians. Uh, you know, come out of the, the, and just like, nope, nope, this is this is the fake deal. Like <laughs> Hoverbikes. fake. <laughs> And, like, the other thing, too, and I, I just want to throw this out there for people who are listening. Like, we appreciate people who are enthusiastic about us doing Nier Automata. Like, uh-huh. uh, someday, but also kind of don't at me about it. Like, not in a mean way, but I'm getting a little bit annoyed by people just saying you have to do this. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, un- like under- understand that even before we had touched all of this, we have had all, we've had people from all sides coming at us. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just saying, something I, I hear a lot. Like adding your voice to that chorus isn't helping. The the worst thing it's going to do is make me wait longer because of like anybody, right? Like yeah. I'm I'm kind of a contrarian, but anybody just being told what they have to do over and over mm-hmm. and over. Yeah. Like doesn't help. Yeah. I guess. And and if it makes you feel better to know that somebody somewhere is playing this and kind of talking about it, I am playing near automata. I'm having yeah. a good time with it and I am talking about it on the level sans spoilers obviously but you mm-hmm. know like it like i'm playing it i enjoy it i hear you believe you have gone and confirmed it for myself near automata pretty cool has a lot of the same problems as this just not expressed as poorly or as, as, as strongly and, and, right right and that's why i'm not in a hurry yeah for it you know and to everybody who is like their thing too i want to address real quick and these people accuse us sometimes of like setting up straw man like these are actually things that i've yeah. had people tell me about right is people are very frustrated that we chose to do near one mm-hmm. um so like one you know the, the remit of the show is not uh to do the, like the greatest games in gaming or anything like that yeah, right yeah. so like we don't we oftentimes don't do the best entry in a series we try to do the most representative mm-hmm. uh, entry in the series if it feels like we're just going to do one yeah we're not going for the best one and this game like deserves to you know it's still a game it's still a product that can be kind of broken apart you know <laughs> right it's still you know it, it, it is still salient for this uh for, it wasn't for this treatment because automata yeah. comes out yeah you know? automata came out a year ago we had a lot of people telling us for years and years since the beginning of the show we've had people saying cover near as well yeah so you know, and then automata just... came out and people dropped that uh-huh. you know but then it's still i still think it's worth I guess, like talking about and kind of taking apart, it exists separately from Nier Automata. Yeah, you know, in, yeah. in that respect. And 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 that's the thing. And I want I want you to understand, Gary, when I when I when I when I if I ever bring it up, like mentioning Nier Automata, like that that has no bearing on this conversation about Nier oh, right yeah. now. Like eventually, I, yeah, eventually it fixes. Like eventually they fixed it. Okay, cool. I still had to play this broken ass thing. <laughs> Yeah, I still yeah. I still had to do this, and I just could use a break. Yeah, you know, so that's not I, I'm not annoyed at you doing that. I get mm-hmm. I'm mildly annoyed when people on the internet tell me what I have to do. I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is going to make me sound like a baby, and I know their heart <laughs> is in the right place, yes. but like hopefully that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, to to people is like just like not calling anybody out. I just I just find it specifically a little bit frustrating. The 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 contrast of being mired in this, which I I. Ultimately, like, hated so much of my experience. Like, don't mm-hmm. hate this game as a whole, but, like, was really unhappy during a lot of it. And then people being like, no, you know, like, <laughs> you have to do this thing. And it's like, well, that won't, that doesn't sound like a balm to me. No. You know, that's not going to reflect differently on this experience. That's not going to, you know, there's a lot of games out there. I'm going to play instead stuff we have coming up that doesn't have any of these issues. Like, right. you know, it's not just like a better version of this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm happy to move on. Yeah. I guess is my point. So mm-hmm. um, thank you for, for letting me uh, do the rebuttal field. 
uh, in the in the middle <laughs> in the middle of this uh, this intro. No, it is certainly. I mean, just just because both of our contacts uh, have changed in the yeah. last week and a half since we recorded the first episode, we're on New Game Plus. Yeah, of, of the podcast, <laughs> so it is reflected on everything that came before. Yes. <laughs> Um, remind, uh, remind the audience what we just did. Yeah. Um, so last time we kind of talked about the first third of the game. Uh, we have our main character near trying to, uh, you know, cure his daughter, Yona of her sickness, the black scrawl. They met up with, uh, a foul mouthed warrior, um, named Kaine. And she mm-hmm. led them to kind of this eccentric town called Facade out in the desert. And we went into the sealed tomb. I think that's what that was called um, in order to uh, rescue their king in hopes of finding a cure. But no dice, no cure. But we did, you know, make friends with this very uh, eccentric uh, town and religion, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And uh, and kind of learned about this culture. Yes. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. Hundreds of thousands of rules. Yes, that that is that is their. Uh, it's not joke. I don't I don't know what it is. It's kind of the gimmick, <laughs> yes. I guess, of it. It's yeah. it's played for humor a lot of the time. Yeah, it's the trick. Yeah, it's the trick. Yeah. So uh, after that, we return to Yona, uh, who has been kind of our guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the local librarian, or your daughter Yona's our daughter, rather. Yes. We return to uh, town. We're eventually going to go to the librarian. Right. Uh, after this, but before we go to our daughter, uh, who's not a librarian, <laughs> um, we decide to actually stay there for once in our life. <laughs> stay, stay with our daughter. Yep, so stay with uh, yeah. her. Uh, learn about a uh, uh, a recipe she wants to make for us uh, mm-hmm. that I think involves venison and wheat. And it becomes like a side quest uh, where you put up with your daughter's terrible cooking because you love her so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, make a pasty. <laughs> some kind of yeah. venison wellington. Mm. But yeah, you you know, you know you spend some time with her and then you sleep and the game describes this dream that you have during the night of this small silver-haired boy Silently mouthing a sealed versed dream forest of myth all yeah. one word, over and over again. In the morning when you talk to Yoni, you find out that she had the exact same dream. Caribbean yes. queen. Yes. Uh, you get out of her dreams and into your car. <laughs> uh, the uh, So, you know, anytime someone's having the same dream, that's unusual. We go to Papala, who is kind of the the person to it, the explainer yeah. in the village. Um, and at the same time, she has received a letter from a village called the Forest of Myth. Uh, or it's in the forest of myth. I always thought that was the name of the village too, yeah. which is like a little on the nose. Well, well it it uh, also it also says exactly how big this forest and this village is. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, the the letter that she got is about the dream as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the words have been kind of redacted to just say dream. Yeah, uh, there have been replaced. So it's kind of strange. Um, and you're going to go investigate, of course. Yeah, heading over to the forest of myth. Yes. Uh, this is cool. This is like uh, like the, the opening of this episode is going to have two areas with very strong concepts that, again, tilt that neat meter pretty far. Yes. And and this one – so this is interesting too. So the Forest of Myth, um, getting into generalities, like this is a slow creeping thing that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so with the, essentially what happens is when you get there, uh, no one can actually quite talk. When you talk to the, the mayor, he starts talking about contagious words. Um, and this rings a bell for uh, Weiss. And the the thing that I think is totally successful that I wish they had kept with, really, the thing that's more unique to me mm-hmm. is that the dialogue window kind of changes and you start seeing narration and stage <laughs> direction that the characters can read uh, and interact with. Right. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, and I wish that had been the remit for this entire zone instead of turning into a text adventure. Right. Like, uh, the, the the text adventure aspect of this is what sticks out just because it is the most prominent part of it. Like, well, and the, it's good on its own, right? Like yeah. the writing within it is good. Yes. 
you know, the text adventure. I think this is more unique, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets into uh, – it's a little bit like uh, – what is it? Uh, Duck Amok, the Looney sure. short where the artist is uh, fucking with, uh, with Daffy. Yeah. Well, and and this whole zone too is uh, extremely Grant Morrison dot text. Yeah, yeah. Like a a dream that is a virus that's uh, you know, transmitted through contagious words. <laughs> like <if laughs> just that just that idea, contagious yeah. words, so good. If that if that isn't from the Invisibles, mm-hmm. uh, I will I will eat a hat, <laughs> like a, a nacho hat. But I will eat the entire thing. And get <laughs> yes. the tummy. You like, always have to stipulate nacho hat. Yeah, the, the existence of the nacho hat. Gives us a lot of out uh, in that things. Thank God for Nacho Hat. Um, the uh, but the uh, this is so Grant Morrison. Yeah. Right. Like uh, in in a way that and even that uh, kind of that fourth wall duck amuck thing is very like Animal Man. Mm-hmm. Like this feels a lot to me like yeah. You know, like not Grant Morrison light, but Grant Morrison again. It, I mean, it, it feels it feels like it, you know, if, if it doesn't come from a sim, if it doesn't come from Grant Morrison itself, it comes from a similar antecedent. You know, yes. probably Borges or something like that. They're both um, yeah. And if you're like way into this idea, Grant Morrison would be a way to go, would be oh, something yeah. to go look at after this. Yeah. And like I, read, read the Invisibles. Like it, it's, uh, and that goes for you too, Cole. Yeah. The, uh, damn it. <laughs> you're fine. It's seven volumes and they are really patchy, but like, uh, it's, it's extremely good. Yeah. There are a lot of really good ideas in it. Um, so, uh, th- this is really cool. The, the thing where white, and it's also kind of weirdly played for comedy too. Mm hmm. Which is a weird angle for it. Like this isn't played as creeping horror initially. This is Weiss <laughs> arguing with it because he's arrogant, right? Uh, and it's the thing is describing him accurately. You know, <laughs> he's uh, he's being demeaned by it. Yeah, he, uh, he he chafes under the yoke of the of this of this narrator that yeah. is that, that is coming in without paying mind to the fact that you know reality is breaking down. Uh, right, the, like know, because this of this. means you've caught the disease. Yeah, like you, like you are being, you are being sucked in, and the way that this presents visually too, with the text box getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, that's and, actually that's really great. Yeah, until until it's just a black background with text on it. Uh, that is really cool too. I had no idea where it was going to go, and just picture you know dudsmile.gif, just me like the widening smile as I realized what was going on. Yeah, I, I actually love the way this like interfaces. Yeah. Um. So we get the name for what this thing is called. It's the Death Dream. Um, and you know, we're implied like, oh, if you can even understand this, you're definitely in it you know, already. <laughs> so like the text box keeps getting, uh, bigger and bigger. Yeah. We can't find it, figure out exactly which word actually drew us in right to, to the, to the dream. Yeah. So that's part of what we're, what we're here to solve. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, the narration is describing what we're doing. Weiss, I love this. I love this. Line. My, my remark shall not be brushed aside, fool. And it would behoove you to remember that this world allows me to view all of its narration. <laughs> like I reminding the nature that can read book. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, also another cool part of this, there's no like scene transition aside from the box getting bigger. Like, you know, it doesn't show you falling asleep. It just says like, oh yeah, you're definitely asleep now. <laughs> like yeah. nothing visually has changed. Uh, but you've got it. And we need to find this word, you know, uh, with all of this meaningless chatter, we can't pin it down. Uh, and so we go through, um, not quite this text adventure so far. It is mostly, um, it is mostly selecting the right responses, like a little quiz thing almost. Yeah. 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 The way this is like the text adventure elements of this. And when this comes back as well, yeah. um, that's where it kind of loses me. Like the writing is good. Mm-hmm. I think that it doesn't succeed in being mechanical. Uh, no, or being no. a mechanical success, like they're all just kind of quizzes. Yeah, yeah. You know that that's kind of well, and one well, of with the exception of the flooding town, the flooding castle. That's really good. Yeah, yeah, that that is really cool. Yeah. Uh, up until that point, though, mostly it's quizzes and sometimes just quizzes about like, do you remember what you just read? Yeah, yeah. 
you know? And there, there's just, I just feel like there's cooler ways to have done this. Mm-hmm. They have a, a text input thing later. Um, if this relied on knowledge of the world or something like that, uh, and you had to put it in, I think it would be a little bit stronger. Yeah. yeah. As is, it's still like good writing. Mm-hmm. Like it is good, you know, good descriptions, good writing of this stuff. And it's neat that it happened. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a gameplay win for me once you actually get there. It's right, more that like, right. it happened to me, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we find out that the, the, this contagious phrase, the phrase is those who dream. Just knowing that isn't enough though. Uh, mm-hmm. we have to have the mayor imagine an exit and then we have to go find it again because my, I, I think that, I think that by finding the phrase, we have given the mayor agency over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Something to that effect. Yeah. You know, so, so we, we fade away. Um, the, the mayor says, Oh, I've seen you before. So for foreshadowing for, you know, macro plot stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we enter this like long text segment, uh, describing our journey through a forest. Yes. Um, and kind of interestingly, like Nier gets tired and Weiss doesn't mm-hmm. during this. And part of that's cause he's a floating book, but I also thought like this being his zone, mm-hmm. like the connection that Weiss probably has to this because he has a book and books are made of words, mm-hmm. um, I thought is probably powering him up. Yeah. During this. Yeah. There's also kind of a notion of just the way technology and magic interact. And yes. specifically, like, what is going on with the tree at the center of this that is probably yes. powering this whole area, like, Weiss's of this. Yes, which we which we learn a long time from now. Right, right. But, yeah, like, why, this this is Weiss's, uh, Weiss's wheelhouse, quite literally. Yeah. Um, so then we enter into the gameplay portion of this, which is just riddles. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and fairly easy riddles. Oh, yeah, like, can, you, like canonical riddles. Yes, canonical is a good way to put this. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, there's this cacophony of insects that deafens near and then asks a question, you know, uh, one with it suffers, two with it is, an, is ideal, three with it is dangerous. What is it? I wish that all of them did this, but there are two options. You know, you can either mm-hmm. say a secret uh, or uh, a woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I said secret. I didn't, I didn't see if woman was right. But, like, I would love if there were, like, multiple answers that were technically correct. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, like, one person – with a woman, mm-hmm. like is that the idea of like being a woman? I don't, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I would have liked this if there were arguably correct answers too. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, it doesn't it doesn't do a real good job of that. Like, so it's very easy to get through just because of process elimination. Like, only one of these makes sense, even if you don't know these. Right. You right. know. Um, so the next one, you come upon this uh, body of water and some ripples from a skip stone form another riddle uh, that writes in the, the water there. I enter in through the window, but I break no glass. When night falls, I vanish. What am I? Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, you know, God. yeah, this is extremely, extremely easy. And there are multiple options for this one, too. But it's like yeah. clearly sunlight. But the other option is like, you know, it's not a rock. Yeah. Which I wish, like, you know, rocks entered in through windows but broke no glass. Yeah. Well, what if the what if the windows open? That the hey, (laughs) that then becomes one of those uh, uh, parallel logic. Oh yeah, lateral thinking puzzle. Lateral lateral thinking. uh, Parallel logic is a good reason, good like (laughs) word to come up with like right on the fly for (laughs) not remembering. (laughs) Yeah, but Um, but but my son is Pagliacci. Yeah, hey, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah, how could he have killed himself? There's an icicle in the room, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't ask me silly questions. I won't play silly games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the next one, you uh, you come to a cottage with an obscure little man. I like that description. Uh, calls up a calls up a pretty distinct image in my mind. But he just gives the Sphinx riddle. You know, yeah. w- w- walks on four in the morning, two in the afternoon, and then three in the evening. Ha ha. Mm. 
Um, but instead of just saying, okay, you're right, here you go, um, it reveals that he is the mayor. Like, he pulls back his hood, but he is not the mayor that I know. Like, long ago, he met a version of me that wasn't me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. which again will make sense in the end. Yes. We, we will meet that version uh, actually soon mm-hmm. uh, of this. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of – when you return to the mayor, um, you know, he's grateful. He says, it's, it's been such – I'm grateful to see you after so long. Right. You know? Um, the narration uh, kicks in here and says that we sleep, so we sleep because words are absolute mm-hmm. there. And the, uh, the mayor, Weiss, and Nier awake from the dream then together. Right. Um, yeah, and we have kind of solved the main quest of this area. We can go to the sacred tree that's at the center, um, you know, the village, and get a sealed verse. Uh, this is the yep. dark, dark execution that <laughs> the extremely uh, useless AOE attack around you that takes forever yeah. to charge. Yeah. So, so, um, so a member of our Slack was very into this and said it was very useful, but I never used it. Yeah, like, I tried. I, I literally, it just spears and dark hand, like, no. all the way down kind of gets you through the game. Yeah, I tried. And I, be- I believe that people found specific uses for these. The way that I wanted to use it um, <laughs> didn't really work, and it didn't naturally fit in with the way that I was kind of navigating these powers. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, and it, it isn't, you know, we, we talked about this in the first episode, but it's worth noting, like, this is not a toolbox where you're going to be presented with, like, this is not a key ring. Right. You're going to be presented with a series of locks. It's like every lock is like one of those, you know, my first diary locks and mm, anything yeah. metal will yeah. open it. Right. You know, so um, one of the things I like about this area kind of in general, like, we're not quite ready to leave. There's a little bit more story stuff that happens, mm-hmm. but is that it is, uh, it's paced well. Like, this is short. Yeah. And I think this is this is the amount of time and gameplay that this this conceit mm-hmm. supports, which is not true of the next one. True. Um, which is also neat, but I think goes on like maybe half again too long. Yeah. For what it is. Mm-hmm. So. And and just like it's it's not easy to write it's not easy to write well. Um however, they get a lot of bang for their buck out of just really effective writing. It, the, it's not easy yeah. to write well, but this is what this dude does, right? Yeah, like, yeah. He was a playwright like before he did. I don't actually even know if he – he's not the only writer credited on the game, so I don't mm-hmm. know that he wrote this. But like if it was Yoko Taro, like he is a playwright like – and writing is cheap. Yeah. You know, so it, it, they could have – I could see the, the temptation to have lengthened this, mm-hmm. and I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. And they, um, they make up for that by making you do it again, <laughs> uh, essentially. So cool. Um, several, several times. If you don't yeah. realize what they are, what the, what they were wanting from you, yep. yeah. <laughs> but that is for later in this episode. Um, so we're not quite ready to leave. There are still, I think, two other villagers who are suffering from the death dream. Uh, mm-hmm. who you can go and talk to and kind of go into their own particular text adventures. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. Which th- these are technically side quests. Yes, uh, I believe. But um, because this is a different gameplay mode, these are these are like the only two side quests in the game that aren't going to ask you to do something <laughs> explicitly tedious. So these are good ones to do. Yeah, you know, um, the uh, are, I mean, are they side quests? You have in notes that we have to do it. I didn't think that the way it was presented to me. I didn't, I guess I don't know. I I did it, but I don't know that I if I had to or not. You know, I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> I really don't know. I can't. It would I can't. Be cool I can't if remember there were side specifically. Quests, yeah, I think. Yeah, that, I, mean, I think that would be the cooler way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because. It would be neat to present a side quest that is is this interesting, I guess. Yeah. Um, so the the first one is a is a, a text adventure. You're navigating this grisly flooded castle uh, that is full of death and uh, corpses and kind of like torture displays. Yeah, Ch- charred uh, uh, charred pillars of burned bodies like piled up against the doors if they died while they were trying to escape. There is a um, kind of a foul expired feast 
that is presided yeah. over by skeletons all sitting on chairs that are covered with spikes. I, I love a, I love a skeleton banquet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, kind of the trick to this one, this is the most mechanically intricate. There is like a layout to this, like you're picking like north, west, south, um, et cetera. Uh, you can die. You know, the, uh, the uh, castle is flooding. It just kind of kicks you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it will, uh, if you're playing this, which you shouldn't, um, <laughs> it would behoove you to like make a simple map. So, you know, uh, so you know the way out or at least where the dead ends are. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it is pretty simple too. Yeah. Like it is, if you, if you, if you have played, if you're new to text adventures, like absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you play text adventures, I feel like you probably can, can get this one dialed. Yeah. I, 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 I tried a couple of times, but I just kept on forgetting, um, mm. which, which direction was which. Yeah. Um, yeah, the second one, uh, is kind of this long, empty, desolate road, um, to these sculptures that are, uh, kind of like suspended in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Yeah. I, I can't remember what the conceit of this is. I remember the imagery of it, but I don't remember. Right. What so you have to do. do you just kind of get to the end of it? Yeah. So, so, uh, you get to the end and there's a logic puzzle at the end. Um, the, the, the walk there is like this long, exhausting thing. You know, where they're trying to get to the city of art. Um, yeah, you know, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Nier says, wait, is this a joke? Um, and then Y says, no, this really is the road there. The path is simply, you know, some manner of grand artistic work that leads on to it. So, um, who knows if that's, if that is the out that people use to say, <laughs> like, oh, he's, he's describing playing near itself. Um, you know, we're, we're going to get there. I have no idea. I, I'm not going to ascribe. Um, that as a positive there. What is cool is they describe these sculptures, but then you realize they are talking about kind of the infrastructure and trappings of a city as though they are sculpture. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that as, as an idea for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, uh, you know, you, you get through that. Um, you eventually you reach that city of art mm-hmm. through there. Um, and they, uh, the, they're, they're doing that kind of metaphor, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, and it, it's still doing that narration trick where it's telling you like how you're feeling and how you're acting, right. which is all pretty cool. Um, and afterwards you get a sword. Mm-hmm. So you, you pull out a sword called faith, which is a strong, good sword. Yes, it is um, good. It'll carry you until you can afford the, uh, the Phoenix spear, um, yep. in part two. Um, yeah, the logic puzzle at the end of that is just knights and knaves, uh, three people, one of them lies, the other one tells the truth half the time. Yes, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> two games in a row that have used that same logic puzzle. Yep. Indeed. So uh. The, uh, yeah, we got to get some new, uh, this needs some Towers of Hanoi action <laughs> just to, uh, just to, to really round it out. Can I know? get a 15 puzzle up in here? Yeah. Can, 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 like, the, the, the four puzzles. <laughs> the, the, um, you know, I mean, like making a puzzle is fucking hard. Yeah. You know, again, though, like I always feel a little bit bad. Like I am torn when I say something like that. Cause it's like, yes, making a puzzle is hard at the same time though. I think that we could, you could be right to just call for a moratorium on a bunch of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Just permanently, mm-hmm. you know, like, yes, it's hard to make original puzzles, but if you can't like, it's like people who, who can't afford to pay their workers like a decent yeah. way. Like, well, you can't afford to run a business then. <laughs> like if you can't make a good, a puzzle that's not, you know, uh, one tells the truth, one tells the you know, a lie, mm-hmm. or you can't use the riddle of the Sphinx. Yeah. You know, or, you know, if things like that, if you can't come up with something other than that, you don't get to do puzzles. Maybe I'm projecting, but like if I was sitting down and designing a game and like, All right, well, we're going to do, we're going to do, do Towers of Hanoi here. Like that, that would feel like admitting defeat. 
It'd feel oh, like, yeah. all right, well, we got a, we, uh, we, I, I promised I would bake a cake, but I'm going to go and get some Entenmann's and file the serial number off. You know? Exa- exactly. <laughs> These are suspiciously like the burgers they serve at Krusty. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's exactly, it's just, you know, that's what the towers of Hanoi are, just burger, Krusty burgers. <laughs> yeah. Exactly small, like Krusty sliders on top. Uh, just to, uh, oh, despite, yeah. despite the fact that they're obviously stacked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It just, uh, yeah, I never want to see this. Uh, a fun person to talk about Towers of Hanoi with is Riff from uh, Video Games Hot Dog and Oh yeah, and Bust of Loading Fame. He hates it. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just made more emotionally mad about it than I am. Like I think it's <laughs> terrible too. I hate doing them. Um, I think the last one I did was actually in in one of my attempts to run up a Mass Effect. Isn't there a power thing where you're like rerouting power to a computer and it powers up Hanoi? Maybe that's that been game, it's been so long since I played the original Mass Effect. I think that's the last one I remember. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, Towers of Hanoi. And I think it's in Kodor as well. Oh, I yeah. Think, well, well Kodor yeah. has, um, it, like you do it with the, with the text, with the, uh, with the dialogue oh. options. Man, like a text adventure Towers of Hanoi. Yeah. Uh, Beast on my heart. Yeah. yeah. The last one I did, it, it's, uh, that, that's part of the lock picking system in Sherlock Holmes, The Awakened. I, I, I remember that too. Yeah. Yeah. I played that a long time ago. Yeah. Good God. <laughs> they got to do a text adventure uh, 15 puzzle. <laughs> oh, God. That'll be, that'll be the next level. <laughs> like, that, that, that is weirdly, uh, it sounds a little bit like an exercise somebody would do in a uh, in a programming class for understanding arrays. 100%, yeah. 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 But it's supposed to be bad. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, uh, if anybody doesn't know what a 15 puzzle is, it's one of those things where you have, uh, there's 16 squares and you have 15 little things you have to slide them to make a picture yeah sli- sliding tile puzzle yeah so you do if you want 255 gold in final fantasy one right um okay so you, you head on back uh, <laughs> Your daughter's looking for you, and kind of suspiciously, of course, because like every time you check in with your daughter, there's a new adventure afoot. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a pen pal. Uh, she's been lonely because she has a neglectant father, and she has made friends with a boy who lives on the big house south of town. Yeah, we've walked by this going to Seafront. That one time you would go to Seafront. Yes, which you like, and that really is one time. <laughs> like this is this could be the last time we talk about Seafront. We in the game. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah, let's like, roll, in, let's in roll the montage. <laughs> yeah, like, in a game with with arguably you know stretching at five areas, there's one of them that you we're never going to talk about again. Yeah. When they reuse all the other ones like four times, yep. what is happening? I have no idea. Like any editor would have cut seafront. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. Like you just need to add some water to. Like you could have fished in the river in town. Yeah, you could have you could have pissed a puddle and fished in that. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would I would, I would enjoy that. Like that's a, that sounds like a like a Greek myth. <laughs> the god that pissed a puddle and caught a breakfast. Like, <laughs> oh, and then Kratos killed him. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> You had to go. Uh, so you you head to this this uh, this town, 
Yes. Uh, well, no, no, yeah, you, you, you head to this house and near himself, he's real upset that, uh, you know, Yona, his, yeah, his precious little daughter has a boyfriend. He's going to see going to scope this punk out. Did that, did, like, I mean, and this is, this, I know it sounds like I'm nitpicking. Did that work for you? I thought that was a very weird sitcom conceit in the middle of this game about magic text adventures and a virus that my daughter is dying from and all of this stuff that he was concerned about her having a boyfriend. Yeah, I didn't like it. I wouldn't say that it like worked for me. Like I acknowledged that it was a that it was a, a shift in tone. Like it was so it was so slight and didn't really add up to add up to anything like they either could have just left it out or gone further with it. You know, I, I just I wish that he was a little bit like more um, like genre savvy, yeah. I guess. Or like he could, you know, he could have been I would have been happy with him suspecting that this was weird because his daughter is very vulnerable and someone could be trying to take advantage of her while he's never around. Right. Right. You know, instead of suspecting romance, if he had suspected like maliciousness, mm -hmm. I think that would have just rang a lot more true. Yeah. To this, like when he when he's doing that, and like everyone, that's explicitly what's happening, and his companions are kind of giving him shit about it. Yeah, yeah, you know, at this point, and I was just like, what a weird tonal shift. Yep, that is like this game has comedy in it, mm -hmm. but just like you know, ten ten rules for dating my you know <laughs> to my I, terminally my, ill daughter, my terminally ill daughter who can barely get out of bed, <laughs> yeah. trying to save the life of like ten rules for dating my terminally ill daughter. <laughs> Like, I would watch that show, but it had to be, like, an Adult Swim, extremely dark, you know, one of those, like, weird specials, Yeah, you know? Your girlfriend in a coma, like, daughter in a coma, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> like, it, it's just, uh, it, I thought that was very strange. Yeah, it was, it, it was weird and goofy, like, it was a decision, I, 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 I do not feel equipped to, uh, and for anything in this, I don't really feel equipped to, like, evaluate it. Yeah. It just it, this this stood out to me, yeah. As a thing that in general, like the tone, like the comedy in this game works, mm -hmm. um, you know. And I believe the relationship between Nier and his daughter, which like if you didn't, then this game would be like literal trash. Like that's yeah. so important to actually caring about any of the endings and getting mm -hmm. any kind of payoff. Yeah. And I do. Yep. You know, it's just kind of weird that it happened positioned between these two pastiches. Mm -hmm. You know, as a thing. So yeah, very odd. Um, yeah. So you're going here to help this mysterious pen pal because you got to protect your daughter, but also help anybody who needs help. Um, yeah. And as you approach this mansion, the color kind of drains from the world. And they got this creepy butler who invites you inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and once you get inside, uh, we are in uh, Resident Evil. Yes. Fixed-ish so fixed yeah. camera angles that change abruptly. Yep. That change abruptly. Um, and you have doors that have named keys. Uh, you know, with a theme mm -hmm. similar to Resident Evil. Um, this is one of those things where I think this is one of the less integrated gameplay shifts. Yes. Um, because it's neat and I love Resident Evil. Yes. Uh, the game doesn't play like Resident Evil. I don't know why Resident Evil is being evoked here other than this is supposed to be creepy. Like, like a spooky experiment happened here. Yes. You know, but a spooky experiment happened in the last place too. <laughs> you know, like that was part of a spooky experiment and it wasn't Resident Evil. Right. You know, so this uh, I don't think this is successful. This is one of those things that, again, like does a lot of work on the neat meter and then yeah. never spills into anything different. Yeah. It, like it, when when inquired, you know, like like if you kick the tires on this, it is hard to pull back a lot beyond yeah. uh, either we wanted to communicate that this was supposed to be spooky uh, or I just felt like doing it. it kind of seemed like it'd be fun. 
I, th- I mean, I think that that's what it is. Like yeah. we, we we talked about this in the first episode, but like Yoko Taro very obviously has some kind of affection for varied gameplay modes. Yes. Um, that I think largely don't lead anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of an affection, and there's no reason to think that this would be done better than the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you went into like a full on survival horror, like a good survival horror game, mm-hmm. that would have you know gone further than 100 percent on the need meter. Yeah. You know, like I would have been like, oh shit, like this is actually accomplishing variety in a way that's meaningful to my play. Mm-hmm. As is it just kind of annoying to have the fixed camera angles when you're doing near ass combat and fighting near ass monsters? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, you're doing near ass combat and also it does the fixed camera angles, but but doesn't do any of the uh direction compensation around yes. the switches. So like, you know, in any of the survival horror games, this is less of an, a problem in Resident Evil and more something that they solved in um, Silent Hill. Like in Silent Hill 2 or Silent Hill 3, if you do the 2D controls where you just move in the direction that you that you push, if mm-hmm. the camera angle switches, then you continue. yeah, you like you'll continue and you'll continue in that direction until you change inputs even if, you know, you you were walking You're down. technically pressing back. Yeah, yeah, and you're going forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I here it does do that. Wanted to paint a picture of that just to show where this breaks down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this does, this does not do that, which means that like whenever you're going into a scene transition, mm-hmm. you will very like frequently just kind of straddle it. Yeah, just oscillate. <laughs> yeah, just oscillate between the two fixed angles, and it's like, you know, again, like an ex- like yes, this is a proof of concept. Mm-hmm. You know, for something that like just doesn't pay off. So right. as much and I love Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> like no no Resident Evil lover right here. You know? I love Resident Evil. Like this does yeah. this is designed to appeal to me. Uh-huh. You know, I'm but, the audience for this. But if you're going to evoke it, uh you know, do it right, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It comes with a responsibility. Yeah. It, you know? So um so you you kinda when you get in here you kinda wander and you, you come back and you find that uh Kane is gone. Yes. Um, and also as you are moving around, the portraits in the, uh, in the hall are changing, like they're getting yeah. more skeletal and scary and spooky. Uh, yeah. I have no, I no idea why they're doing this. This is not anything that is, um, explained by the Lord, explained by things that you find out later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just spooky. Yeah. Just spooky for spooks. Yeah. Um, uh, what you... is explained later is these statues. Yeah. Um, which I like, this is a, a funny thing. Cause so this is whenever you see a statue that's painted. Right, like you think Gorgon, mm-hmm. like anybody, anybody who plays D and D thinks that. I kind of like. I was just thinking about this. This is a weird example where, and this isn't really me criticizing the game. It's more of like a, a general thing I, I realized was that like sculpting people who are just in pain is creepier than paralyzing, you know, petrifying people who are in pain. Yeah, like just making art that's people who are just like hurting and and you know screaming and clawing at their face and stuff. Yeah, like I would love to see this played straight at one point. Like, oh, that's just yeah. the sculptures I like. You know, yeah. that's, that's just my, my vision. <laughs> I, I want to capture people at their most vulnerable. Um, yeah. Or they're, it, they're, mo- they're most in pain. They're most dire. Yeah. You know, they're dying. Yeah. And it, it is very difficult not to spoil a very beloved recent, um, you know, narrative game yeah. <laughs> with that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it, they play it straight. It, it, like it is not the cooler option that we, that we thought of. Yeah. It was, this, and it's just more the more like cliched option. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I, I wrote them, them and they didn't change it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you eventually you find a young boy. Um, you know, he, he guesses my age, um, just mm-hmm. by the fact that, you know, by, by hearing me step in and that is because he is blindfolded. Um, he, he didn't even have to hear me say a word to know who I was cause he listened to the footsteps. Uh, he is surprised at Grimoire Vice though. 
Yeah, because he doesn't he doesn't step. Yeah, he's silent, floating is silent. So now we know that Grimoire Vice doesn't make a hovering noise like the hover bikes. <laughs> it doesn't go. It's not wax paper yeah. on a comb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, this young man is a meal, um, and everything that he looks at with his naked eye uh, turns to stone. And so that is kind of that is his affliction uh, that he is trying to trying to get cured. Um, mm. you know, says, Hey, go talk to my butler. Uh, you know, he might know what's going on and he gives you a map and also the first of your many keys that you're going to need to open stuff up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the star key. Yeah. Um, and as you're going, you kind of go through some bedroom bedrooms and find out there are multiple butlers to this, yeah. uh, which is a cool, like unsettling detail as well. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. That's, uh, that's borne out later as well, but there's yeah. like multiple servants quarters and they are all the same dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you talk to the butler. Um, he felt really bad about Emil's condition and wanted our, wanted our help. Um, Yona got the letter because we're never home because the cat's in the cradle. Um, mm-hmm. and she just interpreted it incorrectly. She thought it was just somebody like, you know, uh, looking for a pen pal. And so like, please help my ward. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I picked some flowers today. Yep. Go, uh, near, near's brand of going to save other people's kids. Yes. Uh, which he does consistently. Like that's many of the side quests as well. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But the cure is inside the manor in an area that is infested uh, by shades. And so Emil joins us uh, to go after this and he can yes. petrify enemies. And he's invincible. Yeah. Which like one of the things I do, I do like about this game that's a great gameplay concession is that your companions you don't have to protect. Right. Even when the narrative tells you you have to protect them, mm-hmm. I don't think you actually do. Right. I, th- I think they're they're invincible. Yeah. Um, and Emil, like I like Emil as a character. Emil's like, so good. <laughs> yeah. I think I think Emil's really good, and the arc for Emil is good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Emil is a good character. I think both yeah. the Emil and Kane are both great characters. So is Vice. <laughs> yeah, Vice, Vice is really good. I don't think Vice has an arc. Right, right. Like, Vice doesn't pay off to anything to me. Vice is good in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Vice is, is well sketched. Yeah. But I think that Emil and Kane both have arcs and are good, like, actual characters. Yeah, they're good contrasts. Uh, like, like, again, Ollie, we talked about this last episode. They are all such good contrasts for each other. Yeah. Um, Emil specifically, because, you know, he's a young man, but he also is incredibly idealistic. Yeah, he's, um, really, he's just a sweet boy. Yeah, he's yeah, a very, yeah. A very he's sweet a, boy. Yeah, a fleet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's definitely the fleet. Like if we have to match everybody on, on here, he's 100% fleet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess that makes, uh, that, that makes near Theodore. Um, sure. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know who Kanye would be. Uh, like maybe Ray, but I don't know. Ray, like Ray, 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 yeah. Yeah. Ray's a little bit more gre- gre- gregarious. Who's the, who's the, like the dirtbag uncle character? Oh, Lyle. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, yeah. Kanye's a Lyle. Yeah. Kanye's Lyle. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, so Vice would be Ray. There we go. Yeah, I, that's actually pretty good. So, so nobody make that game, um, <laughs> please. <laughs> get off it, Indie Devs. The, uh, uh, oh yeah. man, um, but yeah, if uh, he, he, he fights with you, he doesn't have this ability for very long. But it, you know, it's really just this this dungeon and then the the, the encounter afterwards. It's very useful yeah. to have him to have him um, freeze enemies for you like that. Mm-hmm. It is, and it's cool to like you know gathering this kind of party. Mm. You know, it does it does feel feel good. Even though we we you know uh, yeah we still gotta go find uh, Kane. Yes. So, um, yeah, we get to uh, the library, and a book with these black pages kind of taunts you and then attacks you. Yeah. Um, and it throws out kind of patterns of pages. You know, again, kind of uh, the the near bullet hell. Uh, you know, th- this expression of bullet hell. Yes. 
Um, also surrounds itself with a shield. This is a boss fight that you're going to do, I think, seven times in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fighting magical book. Okay, same cool. thing. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, cool magical book. <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be like that. Yeah. The uh, it's supposed to be repetitive. There are a lot of books out there. This was commentary on how many books there are. Uh, the, uh, Some people yeah. buy empty books to put on their shelves. Look smart. That's a. I don't know why those aren't hollowed out. The whole secrets. Like, mm. if you have an empty book on your shelf that doesn't have secrets in it, you fucked up. <laughs> yep. I'm not talking about on the pages. I'm talking about within the pages. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a good way to store fruit roll-ups. Oh, hell yeah. Page, and, and, fruit roll-up, uh, page, fruit roll-up. I have a little refrigerated bookshelf with books that I open up and have Gogurts inside. <laughs> like hollowed out books full of Gogurt. Yeah. Uh, in my, in my, my, my libridgerator. It's <laughs> 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 fucking stupid. Yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's actually smart. Um, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> I just the image of opening up a fridge and pulling out a book, like having like a orderly row of books, yeah, is actually like I, I somebody get Michelle Gondry on the phone, like uh, I mean House of Leaves did it, but, did they? Yeah. I, I can't, I couldn't remember that. I don't know if I got that far. Yeah, it, it was it was in the it was in the opening the the, the prologue. Zampano, uh, his uh, his he he kept uh, all of his Braille books in the fridge. But it's not. It wasn't like a library. Like he just kept books in a fridge. Like I want it. I want it to be like you open onto a library panel. I guess. But okay. you're right. That's very yeah. similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, anywho, <laughs> uh, we fight this this boss. We're gonna fight a billion times. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. So partway through the boss, as you're fighting the boss, Kane comes back and breaks that shield. Yeah. So you can actually get through it, and now you have your party. <laughs> And uh, Kaine, you know, as we're, you know, kind of talking about, like, should we just should we be destroying these books? Because if you bastards want to have a civilized discussion on the nature of bravery and sacrifice, you can do it later. Yeah. Yay. Thank yep, you. Yep. Uh, and it'll, it'll happen. Yes. Um, so this book explodes into a flurry of pages and near grabs, you know, just by chance, the, the dispelling spell out of the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as Dark Whirlwind. Yeah. Um, which gives you this is one of the first times you get a power from the boss like in a Mega Man sense mm-hmm. like the power you get from this is similar to what the boss did yeah yeah which is kind of cool um I never use it yeah uh, it puts up a shield of rotating blades apparently um I was reading in a forum or something this is extremely useful when you have to go back to uh, the junk heap and do that minecart section again <laughs> for, for the really 30 good. seconds that you do that yes it's what this is supposed to be good for that yeah. uh somebody on a message board told me that that section that I never, that I never died it. in once I didn't I didn't die in it either and just <laughs> thought it was fine I was looking it was something like I was Googling, uh, and this was before I beat the game, but I was Googling what uses were. I think it was when I got the um, the, the Dark Gluttony or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was just trying to see, like, is there anything more to these other powers because I don't see a reason to use them? Right. And there was, like, some forum discussing that. Mm-hmm. So they, they brought up that as an edge case use for this, but okay. also you can just put it in your menu and never look at it. Right. And it'll be fine. Right. Yeah. Um, so the butler offers to decode this, um, the spell, you know, it's encrypted, you know, for Emil to, you know, to work on it. Um, meanwhile, the interaction between Kaine and Emil is very revelatory, um, about kind of Kaine's condition and past. She is very, very tender with Emil saying like, Hey, you know, you think you're a monster because of your eyes. Don't let anybody, you know, make you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're not a sin. They're a vile, they're a vital part of you. 
Yes. She's essentially Mr. Rogers during him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is great. And and it makes sense for her to have this connection with yeah. this other outsider. And these two these two form like a bonded pair. Yes. More or less for the rest of the game. It happens a little bit quickly, but it makes sense because uh one, you know, Kane eventually does grow pretty close to near but the way that she is close to near which like there's no point for spoilers because you know but eventually it is kind of revealed that she is more or less in love with him right. like that becomes a romantic thing mm-hmm. uh, but she's going to guard that because of the type of character she is and because mm-hmm. of her origins um this is somebody who she can actually be tender with right off the bat uh, because it's a kid and it's also a freak yes you, you know, know? And, and she and she even says like hey you know both of, <laughs> you know we're, we, we are both different she demonstrates she says like hey uh, she activates the shade that is kind of kept in her arm, you know, that, that she's mm-hmm. kind of possessed with. And she like whispers into him saying, if this shade should ever basically saying like, if this ever takes over, like, you know, you need to take me out kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's presented as a whisper. Like we don't actually get to hear that. Right. But it's one of those things where the context surrounding it tells you what it is. Yes. What, what you know, if the shade ever gets out, you know, <laughs> I have Best Buy gift cards under my pillow. <laughs> you know, like there, there's no, what was it going to be? <laughs> there's a new, if I turn into a zombie, you have yeah. to kill me. If this shade you know? ever gets out, we'll need more punch for the party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's literally one thing you could have whispered. So it's not it's not a mystery. It's not presented as a mystery. No matter how much I yell, no matter how much I scream, open the door and come in and help me. OK. Right. Yeah. I, <laughs> if I'm not back in five minutes, look. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so you leave you leave the manor. And you're like, hey, we've gathered all those sealed verses. Um, now we have to find Grimoire Noir. Yes. Uh, so, of course, we head back to the village. That's yeah. what you do when you don't know what to do. Refresher, uh, if you don't remember from near the very beginning of the game, Popola kind of put us on this course to go find these sealed verses. The idea being that when you complete Grimoire Vice with these verses, you'll have the power to take out Grimoire Noir, the uh, source, supposedly, of this terrible disease that has afflicted the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and this is the climax of the first part of the game. Yes. Um, and it's kind of cool. Like, you don't actually go to do, like, this isn't sending you to a dungeon. No. I actually like how this next bit is going to kind of invade your home base. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't feel a very strong connection to the, the village. Um, but I, I imagine that if I had done more side quests and stuff, I probably would have. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, for me, like, if, you know, eventually you're going to start protecting the library. That felt like yeah. high sta- that felt high stakes to me in a in a very particular way. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh, it, it is cool. The invasion of the home base will always be a good thing to my mind. And and even if it's not just um protecting the library, it's also the fact that you're con- continuously losing ground, which we'll yeah. talk about, but that's very effective. Mm-hmm. Here I think. Uh, yeah. even if again you're still just kind of engaging in in near combat. So it's like not that fun, but I I do think think this next part has a lot of bombast. Yes. That is uh, appreciable. Mhm. Yeah, uh, so you go to Popola um, for more medicine. This you is talk act- to your, your daughter yeah, first. Yeah. yeah, you talk to your daughter first just because, you know, uh, you say, hey, I'm close to a cure. And she says, I don't want you to hate me for my disease. Like, you're going off and doing all these terrible things to try to cure me. Like, I don't want you to resent me. Right. And it's a sweet moment. Yeah. Um, you go to Popola for more medicine. Um, and she needs some vapor moss from the South Gate. Yeah. Mixed vapor, <laughs> vapor, vapor moss. <laughs> Mixed vapor moss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh pretty pretty funny so, so you you head over there um and when you get there emil comes through the gate we didn't talk about this but uh kane has been staying outside of every settlement you go into and mm-hmm. emil stays with her yeah uh, and this becomes kind of a plot point later um yes. of of a sort um <laughs> which, which we'll get to i find i find that plot point mildly unsatisfying yeah um but emil limps through the gate and collapses uh at this point so so he's come in 
Um, he's jo- he's joined you back. Mm-hmm. Um, you go back. You head back to to Popola, uh, or back at Popola's. Uh, you let him rest, and he says, "Hey, the shades are coming, and and now they're here." Yes. So all this time they've been popping up kind of nearer and nearer the settlement, uh, kind mm-hmm. of in random scattered ways. Now they're making a concerted effort, uh, yes. you know, to make, you know, to make a siege. Right. Yeah. So you go and, out. Oh, good. Well, it's just, it's just another like missed gameplay opportunity. So like the way this happened in the very first time you leave the village and come back, there are shades outside the gate mm-hmm. in a game that was more structured about maintaining this town and having a connection to this town. Mm-hmm. You would spend more time in the town and see more of that. Yeah. As, as for my experience, this fell kind of flat because they, this happened once they told me it happened. And then I did. <laughs> 10 hours of gallivanting yeah and then all of a sudden like oh it's, it's gotten real bad even though it hasn't been bad anytime i visited and i haven't spent very much time here yeah you know so again just in a way that you i feel like you can actually make gameplay and story intersect by making me more desperate and having this kind of come in yeah. you know a ramp up actually ramp up rather than feeling like zero to 60 yeah yeah you, you know, know. Our, our armchair designing this admittedly but you know the idea of like the if there was a line of you know, side quest that was really prominent about like fortifying the town or, you know, absolutely, you know, or, or to, you know, taking out like nearby, nearby settlements of shades or what have you. And that had bearing on this kind of climax in a kind of mass effect two kind of way. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that, absolutely that. But even if like you had gone through all that and then the power of this, like, you know, essentially dragon, like this, this big monster that comes through was just so much to get through that. Yeah. That could have been a good way to kind of show how big a deal he was. Yeah. Yeah. But as it stands, you know, it is entirely like just kind of resting on the signifiers. Here is a big dragon uh, that is attacking your home where people mm-hmm. live. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. it is just like you'd be doing it if you, if this happened in Seaside. And I hate everybody in Seaside. I mean, yeah. You know, I'd still, I still would have done this. So. Presum- presumably this thing came through there and just wiped him out and nothing yeah. of value was lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we can just assume that, you know, as long as we don't do any other side quests, we can just assume everyone in Seaside is dead. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They're not. Uh, they'll have unique dialogue and stuff, but you just don't, not, don't give you a reason to go back there. Yeah. Um, so there's a fight in the village streets with just kind of uh, normal shades. Uh, they're coming here and the villagers are fighting. And then a gigantic shade yes. comes out. Um, called the Knave of Hearts is the name of this. That is only in uh, kind of supplementary materials, but it is good to have a, like a name for this actual thing. Yeah. Everybody has names. Yeah. All of the bosses have names uh, to them that are kind of evoke that same kind of thing. They feel like... Um, a bunch of them are fairy tales or Alice in Wonderland or things like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but this is a gigantic boss that you can only kind of fight parts of, right? Like you take out one of the arms um, and then it grows back. I think yep. even bigger that time. Um, I think kind of says that ain't good. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> this is what we are dealing with. Um, the, there's not too much to to the fight. One mm-hmm. thing I want to call out is the section where you're on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a shockwave attack that does tons of damage and what feels to me very arbitrarily, you can't roll through it. Yeah. Um, and that sucks. You know, other, there's been other shockwave attacks or other like attacks that have the same kind of visual cadence to them mm-hmm. that I have rolled through. Yeah. You can iframe uh, in the past. Yeah. And then this one you can't iframe. And I find that very obnoxious. Like there's no reason for it. Yeah. Every time it comes up, it's just your signal to go run to the other end of the bridge and just not fight for a little bit. Yeah. And then come back. I, I, do not actually like this boss fight very much as a boss fight. No, no, especially the next part. So after you after you defeat him up on the wall, he starts making his final push uh, toward the um, 
toward, toward the library. Like this is timed. If you you know gets up onto onto the library, it'll you know go away. You're trying to avoid, uh, or you get a game over. It'll, it'll go away. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah, the game will go away. Yes, the yeah, the, uh, it delete, yeah deletes your boy. save. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, so you have to take it out. Really, it doesn't matter that much how much damage you do because you cannot kill him up until he like rests on the cliff by the library. You have to get mm-hmm. up there and take him out. But you're just kind of like dealing damage until it raises QTEs until you're, you know, close enough to kill him at that spot. Like it, yeah. it feels like they, like they didn't understand like how to balance this between gameplay and being cinematic. And they just settled on, well, like you can do as much damage as you want to feel like you're doing something, but everything is going to be settled by a QTE, you know, right before you fail. And actually that's genius commentary because blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Like they, they didn't, they didn't know. And other games have done that, uh-huh. have done a version of this where like, it's it's always a little bit obnoxious when somebody has like immunity until a certain plot event happens, but there are better ways to do it than yeah. this, you know. Um, not least of which, just presenting this part as a cutscene mm-hmm. until you can actually act doing it as a cutscene wouldn't have hurt. Yeah, I think that it would have been fine. The cutscenes in this game tend to be actually be pretty good. Yeah, um, I would have appreciated that more because mm-hmm. I had a similar experience. Like I was pretty frustrated by the fact that nothing I was doing seemed to matter, and yeah. they say that. But they've said that before, too, and had it not be true. Yeah. Like, Like, at some point, I can't remember the exact example, but at some point, Nier trains you not to listen to your combat barks of your companions as (laughs) advice. Well, they they contradict each other so much. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of combat barks, the only thing that I really enjoy about this is you get Kaine coming in and doing badass stuff because Kaine is a badass. um, And she starts just calling the shades shit hogs. And yeah. Vice takes exception. Like, you can't just make up obscenity. I, I like that quite a bit. That's very funny. The <laughs> yeah. shit hogs, it's like the real bad sweat hogs. Yep. Like the, the college version of the sweat hogs. We, we, we made that exact <laughs> joke last week. Did we? I, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Did we say did we say it was like a different world, but for shit hogs or for sweat hogs? <laughs> I think I think so. We probably did. Yeah. No. There 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 is an extended shit hog sweat hogs riff. I assure you. What if it was? What if they're like really bad drones? Um. Hmm. Like they are hogs. Like I'm trying to think of other hog suffix. <laughs> you know. Um. Uh, wild hogs. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> William H Macy slumming it. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Uh, but eventually, once you get inside, um, Emil starts calling them shit hogs too, which is very funny to hear. That's the sweet, cute. sweet, good boy. Yeah, super, super cute. Uh, I like it a lot. A cute amount of money for a cute little dude. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, <laughs> so, the, so the shade uh, bursts through the door. The door will not hold him. It levels Emil. Yeah. Um, you fight, uh, down, you fight his tentacles and kind of knock it down because the goal here is to get it locked into the basement. Mm-hmm. Apparently this library has super basement. Yes. <laughs> um, and you, know, you, you do enough damage and destroy its main body, but its head pops off and grows tentacles, um, and bursts through the door. And that's what you're fighting inside of here. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you're trying to take out the individual, uh, tentacles that have their own, um, their their own icons on them. Like this mm-hmm. is I, this is fine. Like I actually kind of like this as an encounter, but mm-hmm. you know, just in comparison to what we just did, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not egregious, right? You know, uh, I I don't I didn't have tons of fun with it, but it's not egregious, right? Um, so um, you're about to lock him in the basement, and a huge black spike f- just flies through Nier's chest, leveling him. Yes. Yep. Yep. 
Um, so, uh, and people get killed in cutscenes in this game all the time. Yeah. It happens to a comical degree to Kane in the second, uh, part, <laughs> in New Game Plus, actually. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, this dark floating figure comes out while this is happening that's holding, uh, Yona, mm-hmm. uh, who is unconscious. And this looks so much like you that any kind of, like, I've, again, I think this is, uh, tipping its hand too much. Yes. Like, this has the same haircut as you. Uh-huh. It's like you with, you know, in Creed in the office when he uses toner to dye his hair black. <laughs> this is like you doing that. And that's exactly what he looks like. He yeah. looks way too much like Nier for this to be a twist or be interesting or be anything like, like, again, with everything I already knew, it just made the things that are kind of played as surprises a little bit too not surprising, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, like it would have been suspicious regardless. Um, and I had no idea how the Shadow Lord articulated, uh, before I got into this. Um, but like, yeah, okay. Like you just revealed a huge part of that just by, just, just by putting that much detail on yep. his, on, you know, on, on his model. He, he looks like a shade version of, of, of Nier. Have uh, you? Yes. And this is, this is Shadow Lord. Yes. Yep. Hello. <laughs> um, I am Shadow Lord. Uh, some shades appear and bow to Shadow Lord. Mm-hmm. And his black book opens. And fries near and weiss with lightning. Yes. I uh, hear. So Grimoire Gr- Noir mm-hmm. does that. And Vice awakens in this blank void uh, with the other book, who is speaking in a really arrogant way, even more arrogant than Vice, which is kind of crazy, mm-hmm. uh, saying, I am you. We are mere books created to serve the Shadow Lord. We have no right to desert him. Um, and all of this was kind of set in motion to complete uh, Grimoire Vice and fuse uh, Vice and Noir. Yes, because uh, when they fuse, they will unleash shades upon the earth. Yes. Yeah, here. Um, this is, I you know, put a pin in this for, like, next episode, I guess, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah. this is something where the characters are keeping a secret from the player, from the character, other care from our characters in order mm-hmm. to keep a secret from the player. No. That I don't think serves them. No. So, like, the, the big twist of this, like, you're actually, they look like monsters to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand why this is being, why Noir is keeping that a secret. Right here, like even say calling them shades, not saying what they are mm-hmm. at this point. Like they they kind of have at this point what they want, right? So like the idea in after the jump, uh, the reason why uh, your 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 other like the the shadow lord is making you jump through all these hoops is to lure you there, right? Because they need you. At this point, they think they have you. Mm-hmm. Like you, you are unconscious. So there's no reason for secrecy, and there's no right. reason for using these kind of code words at this point. Code words is and exactly it, what I was going to say. You know, so it, it just kind of stretches credulity. Like it is characters keeping secrets from each other in order to keep secrets from the player, but they mm-hmm. wouldn't. Yeah, keep these secrets from each other, <laughs> and like that goes into when we get into that second part. Like the they look like monsters to you in this is. N- like I think leaves a lot wanting. Yeah. As a, as a exercise, like some of it articulates well. I think about half the time it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you're doing on the street, but it doesn't stand up to thought right. for me. Um, yeah. So th- this is the first example of that that I thought of, where I was like, why aren't you just being open? You know. No. Yeah. Uh, about this. Yeah. You 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 can you can reveal more here. Like, is it is his name actually the Shadow Lord? <laughs> yeah. Why are like, you calling him Shadow Lord? Him as Shadow Lord. Yeah. Like, shouldn't that be a name that we make up for the shades because we're the bad guys and they're actually you know the good human souls mm-hmm. and we call them that because we don't understand? But you call that's your internal name. <laughs> you know what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> you know, he should have just said like it would have been very confusing if he had just said near, and they would have accomplished the same thing because. Uh, Weiss would have been confused and not acted rather than just being, you know, lied to or used code words and not acted. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and he would have been like, no, I am serving the air. And he would be like, you don't understand, do you? And then they can get cut off by the next part. Mm -hmm. And then it would have moved on rather than, again, calling him Shadow Lord. Yeah, like, not, not the not the great way to, to, to handle that. Like, again, it just, it, what, what's that? Like, he found it on a Trapper Keeper. <laughs> it was like the first word he found on a... Yeah. An abandoned trap paper in a Tokyo subway. <laughs> so, so you know, like what we are left with is, you know, a climax that comes where it needs to come, right? At the end of Act 1 or the end of Act 2, whatever you want to consider this, um, you know, that has all of the trappings of a climax, right? You know, huge, huge, huge battle. Um, something of value is lost, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's something of value being your daughter, right? You know, she, she, she's taken away, but it actually doesn't come with any, with any payload. There's no warhead. This is just a climax missile that kind of like plowed into the side of the target and then just kind of like folded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so Weiss gets awakened, uh, by Connie's rant from the beginning. The one we Weiss here in the pre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thing, which again, in, in retrospect to you, like, I think last time in the episode, I talked about how like that ended up making sense once I got to the part. Mm -hmm. This is a weirdly non-important, like not that important bit of dialogue to show up at the beginning of the game. Yeah. You know, like, like Weiss falling to this is not the dramatic fulcrum no. on which the game rests. No, you like, know, it's kind of strange. <laughs> like, it, like it, it is kind of ranting at ranting at Vice for stumbling in a way that kind of gets her not killed but taken off the board for a very long time. Yeah, um, in game time, but not for the play. You know, not for player time, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, and and it seems like it's going to be much more monumental mm -hmm. than it is. Like Weiss getting possessed here or what have you does not turn out to be that big a deal. No, it's just the, a, the whole story. It's just a momentary stumble. Right. Yeah. We should, we should describe what's, what's going on here. Yeah. yeah Kaine is holding the door, um, to the basement closed as the nave of hearts kind of pounding on the other side. Like they need, they, they need Vice's power, uh, you know, to help seal this or at least, you know, <laughs> to, to, to decide what's next. But Vice has been, you know, kind of, they, they attempted to possess him and he fought them off. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Kaine is saying like, Hey, come back to your senses. We need to deal with this or we're all fucked. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and th this event, this eventually happens, yeah. right? So like Emil gets out, Emil's very hurt, um, you know, says like, you know, I won't forget you, Vice, as you are, uh, Nier stands up because mm -hmm. he's, you know, again, he got stabbed through the chest. He's very hurt. Uh, Vice actually explodes <laughs> in this kind of declaration of selfhood. Yes. Uh, you know, says, my name is Gwimar Vice and I will not be abbreviated. <laughs> Um, you know, he is not merging with Noir. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back was people not saying his full name. That is, um, th that is something that actually is lost in translation. Uh, mm. this is something that I read. So the whole joke of like Vice wants to be called Grimoire Vice and not, um, and, and, and not just Vice in Japanese, it's like something, you know, white book, uh, white being Shiro. Shiro is a common name for a dog. You know, gotcha. like, a, like a little white dog. And so like them calling him Shiro, it's a little bit like calling Indiana Jones Indy. They're right? referring to him as like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a, giving him a dog's name. And he and he chafes under that as opposed to like, you will use my full title when you when you address me, peasant kind of thing. I, I, yeah, I'm so I'm so sympathetic to localizers who have to do like pun work yes. and stuff like that and double meaning work because it's, it's very difficult mm -hmm. to do. And it you, you, there are far fewer exceptions that actually like – I know more stories like that than I know exception – you know, stories where it worked, mm -hmm. you know, which is almost none. Right. So it's very cool when they managed to pull that off. As is, it just – it works because he's haughty mm -hmm. as a thing. But I never – I didn't take this as him declaring his full name. I just took it him as declaring himself in general. Like, yeah, yeah. 
you know, I'm, I'm an individual, mm-hmm. you know, so if there's more to this as, uh, as being, you know, <laughs> I am not a dog. Right. Uh, that, that didn't land for me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like, like for me, like I would, I <laughs> much rather would have the, like, I would like to have a part of this climax be quit calling me a fucking dog's name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if they had said that without any further, <laughs> like, then I'd be like, you okay? <laughs> like, uh, I guess it's just weird for the sake of being weird. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, it doesn't do that. So I'm glad he doesn't merge, which is great. Um, we do another, there's another fight with uh, Grimoire Noir, mm-hmm. um, with Shadow Lord kind of hovering above him. Yeah. Um, and uh, we lost all our magic, too. We didn't talk about this, but right. when we lost Grimoire Vice, we lost uh, our sealed verse, mm-hmm. our sealed verses. Yeah, but as you fight uh, Grimoire Noir, you get those different verses back. Um, yes. Kind of adding into your uh, your ability. So the first couple that you get are super useful and the ones you've been using the, the entire time. And the rest is just dialogue. You have to page through like, Oh, I got, yep. I got dark glutton back. Cool. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I can be a dark glutton again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Ultimately though, um, Grimoire Noir starts to like charge up this massive magical attack, um, um, toward vice, but near leaves to intercept it. Uh, yeah, kind of t- you know taking the bully. He's impaled in the chest again. Yep, as, yeah, it keeps uh, happening. He's got a, a very roomy, roomy torso. That boy, <laughs> a lot of lot of empty space. He's got a real Dante torso. Yep, yeah. Um, um, foreshadowing? <laughs> no, not, not really. Um, the uh, I think he just gets everyone gets stabbed a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is fine. Like he stopped him from killing his friend, but this gives the Shadow Lord the ability to just kind of fly away with Yona. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that shade is still in the basement though, uh, which is a dreadful euphemism. <laughs> and Kane, uh, wants a meal. He's like, Hey, petrify me, mm-hmm. you know, pour them and pollen me yes. so I can seal the door. Uh, and this is presented actually as a choice. Um, here, I think it's a, must, but thou must yeah, choice. No. I don't think you can say no, but it's cool that it presents it as such. Yeah. So, um, um you decide, Hey, you're, <laughs> you're, 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 you're going to have a monument built to you after all. Um, yep. And you and you and you freeze her. Um, you know, Kaine wants to make it like a. You know, she she faints toward making this more of a tearful goodbye. And uh, uh, Vice, who keeps on calling her hussy, says, "Spare me the goodbye, hussy. I imagine it'll take more than this to kill you." Yeah, uh, which is yeah. a which is a good line. Well, and I like that it's followed up on. Yep, like relatively quickly, actually. Like this this whole bit. Like I was expecting this just to be. Um, as you go through, you sacrifice all your friends and that is the message. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I was expecting the end of this to be at this point, uh, very much to be near having rescued his daughter and paid everything to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a, there's an element of that that happens, but most of it actually happens in the last, uh, <laughs> you know, roughly hour or so. Right. Yeah. Um, as opposed to happening gradually. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was really expecting that this to be the beginning of that path, but yeah. they kick that can down the road quite a bit. They do. Instead, they trade that in for like, oh, you, you quickly become a villain band. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
Um, so this ends up cutting forward to part two. Yep. Um, it's five years later. There's a huge time jump here. Um, in general, I want to just real quick say that I'm a little bit disappointed with the world not progressing very much. Mm-hmm. Like, characters progress, and characters will tell you that things are worse. Right. Um, one of the things that I have had a problem with this game from the start is I don't think they've done a good job of making things look bad. Right. Um, seeds are plentiful. I can find food and uh, medicinal herbs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I only know that anyone's in a desperate situation because characters tell me that. Yes. Um, and this would have been a very good excuse to just change the architecture. Like, mm-hmm. Make things more worn down, make the pot town less populated, like do any number of things. Mm-hmm. Maybe make this, part, part of it has been rebuilt shabbily. You yes. Know? Like make me feel the d- increased desperation that has happened to the world. Yeah. You get that with near the character in yes. the form of like an eye patch <laughs> uh, kind of thing, which is a very like standard way to show time has passed or yeah. you're in an altered dimension. But the uh, they don't make the world feel worse. No. Just characters within it and only through dialogue. It's a real Dragon Age 2 time time jump. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it, actually. Like uh, where you just – you and Dragon Age 2 never – in Dragon Age 2 – uh, Kirkwall, uh, that's the name of the town, right? Yeah. Um, never actually undergoes like a disaster or anything like that, but they, and some characters will kind of disappear. Like the political landscape changes, but mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be as drastic as this. Like we're supposed to be in the twilight of a civilization when this game began. Yeah. The opening narration tells us that people are dying everywhere. People are starving in the streets, et cetera. Yeah. It never <laughs> feels like that. And it doesn't feel worse after five yeah. years. The, 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 the prophesied disaster happened. Right, the shadow, yeah. the, the you know, the shadow lord got here and unleashed the uh, the you know the shades upon the world, quote unquote. You know, the, yeah. the, the 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 letter of the prophecy was fulfilled, if not the the spirit, right? And 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 the world continues on, mm-hmm. like as if nothing had happened. Like in some of the side quests, are slightly more desperate. Yeah. So like you know, you go to one of them where you like talk to somebody in the town at this point. And it's like this kid has been stealing food. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that, that implies starvation. This is also where you get the, like, the most tedious uh, gardening side quest in the game mm-hmm. that, like, no one in the world should do, but I read about how to do it. It's essentially like breeding a gold chocobo. Boy. Um, except you have to set your system clock uh, <laughs> to do it. So if you like going into the play, PlayStation menu, Ooh. you set your t- system clock a whole lot because uh, it's supposed to take place in real time. Um, but, like, that's also where this is. So in addition to some people being desperate, somebody just wants a flower. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't have that air of of post-apocalyptic kind of oppression that i think it needs to sell me on the stakes of this world yeah you know uh, which is in, instead of that it does character stuff which is actually really good yeah it just it would have been cool to do both like these characters these characters exist in a world mm-hmm. you know if there's it doesn't feel like there's stakes for them in the future like i still don't know even once you get past the endings and I know I'm happy the characters that I liked lived or didn't live or what have you, mm-hmm. but I don't know what kind of lives they're going to lead. Like, right. I don't know what, like what being it means for them. Right. You well, know, like, you know, stories need setting. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of, it's one of the, the main things in the stories. Right. And just the <laughs> yeah. setting here is not, is not good. It's not well handled. Yeah. Um, um, Nier doesn't just have an eye patch. Like half of his face is covered. Like you know, it's like a like an X of uh, of cloth over him with one whole wedge just completely blacked out. So I imagine like he's not just missing his eye. I think he's missing like a whole part of his face. He, yeah, he. It's like um, Cyclops in Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. He looks it's, it's um, like, he looks decidedly more villainous. And over the past five years, he has been kind of going on this rampage, killing shades, and becoming a much better warrior to try and track down Yona. 
right? Yes. Um, this manifests in play as he can now use two-handed swords and spears. Um, and mm-hmm. it man- manifests in the story with another kind of monologue from near saying the world is winding down and we are just to take that, at, <laughs> take that at face value. Yeah. Okay. If you say so, chief. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we described the, you know, how two handed swords and spears are different last time. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, the way that near makes his appearance, uh, is that new shades have come and are chasing over a woman and the shades now wear armor. <laughs> so that, I guess that's the way the world is worse. <laughs> <laughs> they're learning. Uh, yeah, they're, they're learning to put on things, which doesn't play with what they actually are very well. No, uh, no, it's goofy. You know. It's goofy as fuck to see them like look, show up covered in pots and pans. But in, in a sense, it kind of gives you much needed enemy variety, even if it just ends up being kind of like a safety bet problem. Like you just have things you have to do before you can. It's like the the later enemies introduced in Arkham Asylum or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like it introduces an order of operations to what you do. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, the library has not been repaired during this time. Um, <laughs> you know, of course. And the, uh, immediately the, the Kane, you know, thing is picked up on. Yep, like we pick yep. up when Emil, uh, has sent a letter saying like, Hey, I've been researching a cure for Kane's, uh, petrification. Right. So we go back to the haunted manor. Uh, mm-hmm. Emil has dug up a memo from the year 2026, um, yep. about something called plan snow white. Um, there is apparently some kind of archival chamber buried beneath the courtyard that is aimed at developing, uh, something called number seven, um, and kind of dealing with things of either, uh, bestial magic or petrification magic. Yes. Uh, which is a little bit on the nose, but we'll take it. Yep. Um, you know, as you go into the, uh, the planning room, there's kind of a warning sound, uh, or on the entrance and Emil starts making like pain noises. Yeah. Like it hurts. Uh, a meal to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go into the underground facility, which is one of the more senseless gameplay mode changes or camera changes. I don't understand what, what they're trying referring to. What, 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 what this is referring to. Like, I mean, it's isometric. So is it referring to some kind of Euro thing that I don't know? This is a year before, be- <laughs> this is a year before Bastion. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what this is supposed to be, but the camera switches to being isometric. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very, very far up and you cannot get, uh, and you're kind of chasing a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the camera thing is not like, you know, the resident evil one didn't add anything, but was at least evoking something. Yeah. We're still in the same fucking mansion and we're in the underground lab under it, which is resident evil as hell. Mm-hmm. And resident evil has never done this. Right. I just don't know why they're switching this. Yeah. Um, I think they're switching it just to say, well, this has been a, you know, a button masher the entire time anyway, let's put this in a Diablo maybe maybe point of view and then just have you tap a tap a tap at your way through these guys yeah maybe impossibly i hate this dungeon so much it's like really long it's extremely long and extremely boring no like i you know and this is probably the fulcrum on which i stopped enjoying any of the gameplay in the game yeah (laughs) like that's barely an exaggeration like Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just I'm sick of this button mashing combat, yeah. uh, having the spear and having the, you know, if I try to make it more complicated for myself, it's not fun. If I don't, if I just do that spear, it's just cornmeal to chew. Yeah. And I, I you know, if, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, just like the, everything has kind of been bending your patience. So this put enough weight or enough force on it to make it snap. Well, and just having the and at the same time, sadistically. Like, it's making me want, you know, the story is picking up. Yeah, it's really good. Like, you're finding memos and pictures and, you know, uh, just I was about to say memoranda. Those are just memos again, but the memos are good. Yeah, like, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the memos are explicitly a Resident Evil thing. Uh-huh. Why is this, why is this in Diablo mode? 
like you finding those logs feels very resident evil yeah you know did like did, is, was there like a japanese cell phone resident evil that this is referring to or something like that i, I don't know it's referring to resident evil gaiden yeah. Boat chronicles or whatever well, th- th- this is a japanese self own resident evil uh <laughs> any, any, anyway, Twitter. this, 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 this <laughs> Twitter.com. Um, the, uh, yeah, this is, this drove me fucking nuts. Uh, I hate this dungeon so much. Yeah. So I just assume that all the play here is tappa tappa and looking for, uh, vaguely hidden hallways, uh, to proceed. Yes. Uh, the story stuff here, we can talk about this, um, where you're finding the scraps of papers talking about r- prioritizing the research of number six. Remember, we had, uh, uh heard about number seven. Uh, we find this photo of a strange round helmet with a rictus grin that is kind of like wrapped in chains. Uh, amusingly, yeah. we, we only see like that, like the top part of it, like the photo isn't the focus, the text is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And at this point, I had definitely figured out that Emil was number six. There's kind of no way that it would not be, if like you're going down for number seven, like, mm-hmm. This is another genre savvy thing, but yeah. it doesn't matter because the way it articulates is so fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, um, to, to make to make sure we don't get added, Emil is number seven. He is oh, his sister right, is right. number six. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But the I knew that it was referring to him and somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think this is before he mentions a sister hmm. to it, but he might have mentioned that in passing before this. Uh, maybe in talking to or about Kaine. Like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's I, definitely I, a line later where he says, like, you know, maybe when I looked at Kaine, I saw my sister. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay, sister, him and his sister are six and seven. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I know video games. <laughs> um, but again, the way that it actually uh, articulates is is really cool. So it's okay. Yeah. But um, so you do this very long series of rooms. Uh, there's a mid boss kind of at the end. Eventually, you find another document that says like, hey, we need to score number six and work on number seven. Right. Um, and there's photographs of two uh, young children. Young, yeah, yeah. Young young children here who look a lot like Emil. Right. Um. And the plan is discussed to kind of disguise the subterranean laboratory with a mansion. Very Raccoon City. Yes. (laughs) Um, So the next floor down, uh, we actually see something that appears to be a child's play area. There's a playground down here. Um, Mm. There's there's another mid-boss fight in a document. One of the uh, donor bodies is named Halua, um, and the other is Emil. And they're kind of kept in in, uh, cold storage uh, within this facility. There's not a lot of commentary on this. No. Like, I feel like Emil would have something to say about that, but. No, like, just, throughout this entire time, like, he's getting, like, the pain of recovered memories as he's saying yeah. this and trying to basically hide how much anguish um, he is undergoing by kind of facing down his, you know, the terrible story of his origin. And, and even if he's, he's doing that, like, I, always, I also thought, like, Nier and Weiss would talk about this a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's like, it's so, it's clear to anybody who's been reading these things, you know, that Emil is one of these, these creatures. Yes. Um, so you, you end up, uh, the climax of this, you head in this like large circular chamber and there is a huge, uh, monster kind of chained and staked up to the wall. Yes. It has the same, up, uh, you know, big round grinning head. The, the famous Yoko Taro moon head, <laughs> uh, kind of thing. Um, and you can't really see its body at this point, right? No, no. It's kind of like, uh, it's wrapped up in chains almost and yeah. like pinned to the wall. Yeah. Cause, cause the body makes a lot of, uh. That whole thing when, when mm. all this stuff's going to happen here. Yeah. Um, this clears up Emil's memory. Right. Uh, here. This facility and, uh, was intended to turn kids into weapons by using magical experiments. Um, so that's kind of cool. And, and maybe one of the first times it's revealed that, like, they are explicitly working with magic and science. They are separate things. Mm-hmm. Um, number six uh, was the attempt to make the perfect weapon, but they lost control of it. So they had to create number seven using Emil. 
um, Emil's mm-hmm. body, uh, in order to, uh, work on this self, uh, this fail safe, number seven would have the power to petrify number six. Yes. Yep. And number six is Emil's sister. Yes. Um, so they're kind of angsting and walking around. Number six, uh, swallows Emil right. during this, which is extremely strange. <laughs> um, He's like, hey, if I lose my, you know, if I turn into a zombie, kill me, mm-hmm. uh, Emil says. Go. He gets swallowed, and uh, Weiss is like, hey, we can still get him out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, don't use uh, don't use physical attacks or don't use magic. Don't use physical attacks. If you yeah, use, physical use physical attacks, attacks. We'll, we'll, we will damage Emil inside. Yes. Yep. And you fight uh, number six, who mm-hmm. is a big moon-faced skeleton monster thing. <laughs> um, and the, the design on this, like, I mean camp on that for a second like yeah. is extremely good i love it so uh, much visually. yeah yeah i like how uh ultimate like how this creature looks and this is all i mean we're gonna say this in a second emil turns into this like yeah i love how it looks uh, it's it so just it makes oddball. my my spine crawl <laughs> yeah it's very oddball and mm-hmm. putting that in this very sweet good boy i think mm-hmm. is actually a really great decision and taking uh rather than having a meal like the simple version of Emil's arc would have been to uh, feel shitty about his eyes, run into Kanhei and just learn to accept himself. And instead of doing that, they just twist the knife mm-hmm. and said, like, if you thought the knives were bad, <laughs> here's the, the goofiest, scariest thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, let's go further and see if you break. And he never does. Like, he's still like a cheerful, good kid kind of throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. No matter what. Um, like, like just uh, you know, think about how unfortunate this kid, this kid has been for his entire life. And he is kind of thrust through more indignity and hardship than pretty much anybody probably yeah we're accepting perhaps kane right. you know but like just just uh and it isn't like it doesn't feel sociopathic it doesn't feel like anything like that it feels like and what they're trying to do is that he is on the precipice of turning in you know of of despair mm-hmm. but doesn't because of the people he has around him yeah and it's like one of the very few times like his characterization specifically, like a power of friendship mm-hmm. kind of story really works for me. Yes. You know, or a like, uh, you know, you're not, you know, again, like a Mr. Rogers thing, like you're special no matter wh- what you are. Right. Like this is actually a really good articulation of a pretty classic story mm-hmm. with that by by taking it and pushing it further rather than than resolving it the easy way. Yes. Uh, it really works for me. Yeah. And I just, I, I can't, I can't tell you how hard he is to look at. <laughs> like, yeah. It really is. Like, just that, that, that contrast. Like, you, you, you calling out how goofy he looks is definitely a huge part of this because, mm-hmm. you know, go- goofy and frightening mixed together is grotesque, right? Like, yeah. he becomes a grotesque gremlin. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, skeleton gremlin who flies around beside you with this huge staff by, yeah. by, by all rights should be, you know, a completely evil, mindless monster. But no, he's a sweet, sweet boy who will do anything for you. Yep. And yeah, it really works. Yeah. So, um, but first you have to do this, this boss fight. Yes. Um, here. Won't take any damage from physical attacks, but because of the bullet hell and the way that recharging your mana works, you're pretty much always, um, you know, cutting through the projectiles and recharging yourself. So you're just yeah. using your powers to take it out. Shooting spears. Yeah. Spear, 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 spear. <laughs> So um, after you, you do enough damage, you, you get this, this scene with Emil uh, who's in this void and sees that his sister is in there and is restored. Like yes. it's a version of his sister. Um, and she grabs his hand mm-hmm. here. 
Um, so he's still alive. He he wakes up. He can control his powers, but he is now turned into got her body essentially. Yeah, the monster. So he's got a skeleton body. He has this metal this this metal head um, with this fixed smile. When he talks, the teeth open and close. Yeah. Yep, yep. Super, super weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now he can use his eyes and now he has uh, an enhanced power set. Yes. You know, um, and this is such a like, I mean, we, we just talked about this, but it, it's also worth saying like, this is really walking a tightrope, mm-hmm. right? Like there's, there's a very good way, a very good chance. I think people who listen to this who are not predisposed to near will think of what, how we just described him or look up a picture of him and just think, oh, that's goofy as shit. Yeah. You know, like that's just that's just silly. Like I can't take that seriously. And it's it's hard to articulate like they they pull it off in a way that I kind of think like, you know, it, there has to be something here as much as I'm very frustrated by this game and skeptical about this creator in general. Mm-hmm. Like pulling this off is it could be like a stopped watch being right twice a day, but it just feels like. How did they do this? <laughs> I don't you know, if this know. happened in any other game, like I would this character would not work for me, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, but it just because uh, it's it's so close to just being the silliest possible fucking thing that can happen. Yeah. You know, like, oh, the moon from Majora's Mask is a companion now. That's <laughs> fucking weird. Uh, you know, but it, it like it just kind of works. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. or how exactly. It, it, like, it, like, like uh, who knows if it was accidental or intentional, you know, the, the success behind this. But like it mixed the right. The, the right amount of affection for just this character himself, full stop, but also body horror and, you know, like the stakes of losing yourself, right? Yeah. You know, like just like everything mixed in here works really, really well. And I think that you're right to call out just what a long shot that was. Yeah. 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 It, it's uh, it's cool. Yeah. It's very cool that it, that it worked. So, um, yeah. Uh, so you can go save uh, Kane, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, you go and you do so. Yeah, <laughs> he just looks at her, you know, cast the uh, uh, cast the spell. Um, however, the shade is still alive after all of these years um, and it breaks out. But because Nero's stronger now, you just have a short fight to, you know, finish him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so so you uh, you take him down, um, you know, and it's this is one of those things where, like, I think the idea is to make you feel empowered after this thing you struggled, mm-hmm. you know, with um, I wish that. There had been a little bit more space there, yeah. and I wish I had struggled more with the mechanical parts yeah. of this. Like I, I thought some of the attacks for this guy were very annoying, but most of the time that this boss was hard before, it felt like cheating yeah. to me more than than actually like fair. Like I, the player wasn't having a hard time; the character was having a hard time. Right. There's a little bit of an A/B disagreement here. Yeah. So the success or failure were, were both out of your hands. Yes. Previously, that's what that's what it feels like. Yeah. So doing this did not feel as empowering as I feel like it maybe should have, mm-hmm. or it was intended to. Yeah. But there's a very heartwarming scene, you know, Kaine comes too with Emil's scary, scary looking mug just kind of pointing mm-hmm. down at her. And instead of reacting with horror, she recognizes him immediately. Yep. That yeah, was very sweet. Uh, tells <laughs> Nier, uh he looks like shit. <laughs> which, which is true. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite things to tell people who I love, like when they look like garbage. <laughs> the, uh, like shit. Uh, it always feels like I'm in a movie when that happens. Um, Popula shows up. And says like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so the floating skeleton uh, and the half monster can't stay in town." No, we 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 held a meeting. Uh, sorry, your invite must have gotten lost in the mail. Uh, GTFO, if yep. you could. Yep, you gotta go. Yeah. 
And so, um, kind of, whatever, fuck it, I sleep outside. Like, this is a problem for, you know, mostly a problem for Emil, who, you know, is still on this kind of precarious sense of having, you know, about to lose himself. But Emil is like, okay, well, let's do it. I'm game for anything. We can camp out. And also I can talk to Kaine. There's a very wonderful kind of, um, uh, kind of just walking around dialogue where Emil like describes their nights together, you know, yeah, telling each other sweet. stories and stuff and kind of stories. Says, yeah. And kind of yeah. says, shut up. I have a, I have an image to maintain. Yeah. It's very sweet. Yeah. Um, and it's worth, it, it will come up later, but near is very pissed off about this. Yeah. Like near doesn't like this. And we're going to spend a while apologizing. <laughs> weird, weird kind of beats yeah. uh, about this, but yeah, near does not like it. No. That, uh, the Poplar said this. Um, kind of the first hints that maybe Poplar's not on the up and up. Probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. So our next lead, now that we have the band back together, minus Yona, I guess, uh, Popola says that in her research, she has discovered that the lost shrine may be connected to the Shadow Lord's lair. Um, but because of recent catastrophes, none of which are in evidence, we need to take a trade boat to get there. Uh, what's important about this is that it does open up, um, it does open up fast travel of a sort for us. Like you just go to the ferryman. However, uh, the lost shrine is a place we're going to go a few times. And this back route contains a bunch of ladders that are really annoying to navigate. Yep. Yep. And, and spaces between things tend to be pretty short in this game anyway. Yeah. You know, like a more traditional fast travel would have maybe served this if it took you to like a friendly spot. Mm-hmm. perhaps but yeah i didn't i didn't get i didn't get very much relief from this i guess would be the way i'd put it right um which is like i wanted <laughs> you know like i wanted fast travel in the first place because i don't like traveling through these zones mm-hmm. um yeah um so you head on over to the lost shrine um pretty much what you did before except with more block puzzles yeah that are slightly more complicated however remember you can jump over the blocks so yes there's not no there's not a lot of like planning that needs to happen yeah yeah yep there are a couple that are you can't just jump over to get past yeah but none of them are particularly hard it's just tedious um you fight a lot of enemies um they're a little bit bigger tougher more armored um eventually uh you get outside uh, from there, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you say, like, listen, Pablo is out of her mind. I will get you guys into the village. <laughs> right. You, know, you do not have to sleep outside. Yeah. That's dumb. But Nier cares about it more than either Kaine or Emil do. Or I do. <laughs> the, uh, they're, they're fine with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the amount of time, like, spent with him fighting for this and then apologizing for it, I think, is very weird. Yeah. The, uh, and also, it, it just like you don't understand that nobody wants to sleep around your skeleton monster. <laughs> like, you really not get that. Like even if it is like a good person, like you just don't understand. You don't know where they're coming from at all. Yeah. You know he hovers. <laughs> like the book was fine. Yeah. You know it was kind of cute even, but th- this is you know. <laughs> this is yeah. too much. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, your your monster friend can't, yeah. can't sleep here. I'm it, sorry. It, it crosses a line, and really, you should want to protect him from people who might want to sneak in in the middle of the night and crush his head like a watermelon, yeah, like pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smash, smashing smash, the meals, smashing pumpkins. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we get back into the book chamber, um, and one of the large armored enemies from before descends. And it looks very much worse for the wear, and it's surrounded by a ton of shades. This is yep. something that is going to uh, – this is the beginning of scenes that are going to be recontextualized um, in the next episode. But right here, it just presents as a large boss, you know, round two of a, of a fight we did before. Yeah. 
Um, and this is the the very first time uh, of many, many times Kane is going to die in a cutscene. <laughs> For some reason, this just keeps yeah. happening. Yeah. And I don't understand why. But in the second round of combat during a cutscene, the shade throws an axe at Kane and Kane is impaled uh, through the chest by the handle of the axe. Yes. Um, and I mean, I know the, re- the reason why is so her shade can be more present in the second half of the game. It's sloppy as hell. Yeah. As somebody who is ultra competent and does like all these gigantic jumps and stuff like that, mm-hmm. she's just constantly getting blindsided yeah. and killed. Yeah. Um, it's silly shit. She dual wields swords that are taller than she is. She probably should know how to deal with long pointy things. Yeah. It just, or just, you know, and she has like, you know, great reflexes. Yeah. When you, you fight her in boss fights, she's incredibly fast and quick and can dodge things like crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is sloppy. Yeah. Um, but she she's lying in a pool of her own blood, and the shade inside her starts to manifest. Yeah. Um, and she turns into this kind of like half-human, half-shade hybrid. Yes. Um, she is very fast, uh, and she kind of leaps. Well, you, you fight her, too. Yes. We didn't mention yeah. that, but she turns into this hybrid, and it's a boss fight. Right, right. So this is kind of what she was whispering to Emil about before. Like, hey, if you know, if this manifests, uh, you need to don't hesitate to take me out. So we're trying to fight her to subdue the shade. Um, and it is jumping around the wall, uh, around from wall to wall, just filling the air with these magic, magic ball projectiles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, when you do this, Emil does not like this. Emil is worried that Kanye might be gone forever. Yeah. Um, eventually Kanye does come back. Forever. Yeah. Uh, Kane comes back and, you know, Emil is just, you know, completely at wit's end at the idea of losing her. And he has like a minor break. Um, like the, the, the delivery on this is, 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 is heartbreaking. Like him admitting Mm -hmm. to her, like, you know, I can deal with my body because of you. I can deal with, you know, sleeping outside, you know, because of you, I'm weak and I'm sad and I'm lonely and I need you to feel strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, very direct, but also I felt it very deeply. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. You know, it, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's good, good character work. Mm-hmm. I am still had this game is still, even though I like the characters in this, it is still an arm's length away because I had to go through this dungeon and do this fight Yes, for me. So it's like, I don't, this game doesn't touch my heart very much mm-hmm. as it is. I just kind of appreciate the characters in writing, but right. it is really good. Yeah. I think. Um, so you see in the in this area, you see this glinting stone fragment uh, kind of up nearby where you picked up Weiss initially. Mm-hmm. Um, you pick it up, and it is like a piece of a key. You head back to Papla, who presents you a drawing of what the key would look like if it were complete. Right. Um, sketches out this, like, perfect little sketch. <laughs> um, and you're learning this is your MacGuffin for the second half of the game. You have to get these five key pieces. The one that you have is the Stone Guardian. The other four pieces are the Loyal Service, the Memory Tree sacrifice and the law of robotics right um so if you want to fill in the words we just run around the world killing every big monster we see right is how near interprets this yes um, uh, and he's not wrong no <laughs> you know that is what that is exactly what you do so yeah um and this kind of begins um a, a slight bit of non-linearity for the back half of this game i say slight because you still have to do all of it uh, it is yeah. just at you know after you finish one major task and right now as well it says hey do you want to go here or here and that just kind of determines what your main quest and your interface is going to be marked as mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep yep um so moving on to uh the junk heap uh, revisited. Um, so you know, shoot me. <laughs> I have compacted this tremendously in the, um, yeah. in, in the notes you spend, uh, uh, more time here than is warranted, uh, or tasteful. 
Um, yes. And uh, a lot of this is repeated. It's not just that you're going back to the same place. It does open up a slightly different part of this area, but it is still the same constituent parts. It is still yeah. the same very, very basic level design. And also you have to go through it, I think, two or three times in this background. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter that it's a new part of the same no. squares and hallways dungeon with the same no. enemies in it. You know, like you could do this and it could be infinite. Yep. And it would it would still be bad. Like it doesn't look be, or feel different. Imagine chalice dungeons if you weren't controlling a bloodborne character, <laughs> but you were controlling a near character. <laughs> you know, like that's that's what it's like. It's like this functionally could be random because there is no care or craft put into this layout. Like, you know, and or or it was a failure of those things. Like I don't want to ascribe intentionality to not putting work into this, but like it's really hard to explain exactly how bad this level design is. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, there's no sense of place. Like, what is this area? Like, we I know it's like a, a like a, a foundry of some kind. Why are there so many empty rooms mm-hmm. with just hallways? Like, no, nothing's designed that way. No. You know, just to have a hallways and big empty rooms in it. Like, it's interesting. We're doing this. Um, we're recording this. I started playing God of War. Yeah. Uh, which is the next game we're doing. God of War has worse level design than I remember. Uh-huh. So it has, it suffers from the same thing. It came out five years before this. And there are secrets defined yep. in those areas. This lacks both of those things. It's just hallways and rooms in a way that does not provide, like, an environment mm-hmm. to be in. It's just a place for this combat, which is so bad. Yeah. Like, it's very frustrating. Uh, ha- like, ha- hallways, um, rooms, and two, generously, three types of enemies. Yeah. Yep. And those enemies only appear here. Yes. Everywhere else that has the same basic dungeon design mm-hmm. as that. Like it's not – this is the worst one, but it's not like it's very much better. Uses the same enemy template of the entire game. Yeah. You know, uh, that we've done. And mm-hmm. for like a game where you spend so much time doing combat and is like kind of about combat, mm-hmm. like kind of about, you know, uh, the, you're the monster, you're killing people yeah. when you're doing this. Yeah. Uh, they just – it just, just doesn't work. No, like, no. Additionally, if you're doing the side quests to um, uh, get all of the weapons to get endings C and D, which I did and Gary, you did not do. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, not, 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 not remotely. Right. So I did. Um, you're going to yeah. spend a good deal of time here harvesting for a, uh, a, a an, an ingredient called uh, machine oil. You know, <laughs> you may have picked this up a little bit like in the, like the first couple goes through this area. But if you're selling everything in order to buy items, which you ought mm-hmm. to do because no ingredient and no uh, <laughs> like no vendor chaff is worth holding on to until you realize Whoa. I need to spend hours getting it back. Um, yeah, you're just going to go back here and potentially for a long time, I think I spent about an hour and a half killing the flying enemies to get machine oil for this quest. You know, or you're selling those things because you want to buy weapons, which yes. are part of that quest as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we're going to, I mean, I imagine to a certain person it will be tedious to hear me go on about it. I can't really express how much I hate that they hid the coolest thing this game does behind that. Yeah. That is like near unfor- near it is near <laughs> unforgivable to me. Like yeah. it is such a terrible idea. It adds fucking nothing. It's like thematically empty mm-hmm. to do so. Like, and it's not helped by the fact that what they hide is very cool. It's made yeah. worse yep. by that. Like, God, do I hate that as an idea? Like completionism as a thing that you hide narrative content behind should be illegal. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Yeah. And if it was like, like if these side quests and if the things that you were going through, um, you know, going through in order to get the stuff was made intentionally bad to, you know, kind of poke fun at video game side quests or whatever, the true ending shouldn't be what hides it's behind not that. that. Yeah. It yeah. should, it, it like, it, like, like what, what is beyond that? Like if you are dealing with things that build up an argument, like you do all that bullshit, you know, to, you know, to call attention to the fact that video game stuff is bullshit at the end, you need to be kicked in the balls for having bad priorities for doing yeah. that. Right. Yeah. You know, like, like, don't, don't give me like a, <laughs> don't lock a huge emotional payoff behind it. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. Like yeah. it's not, it's an AB disagreement. Yeah. Between those things, this is not you uh, maxing out your Korok seeds in Breath of the Wild and getting a golden turd. Right. You know, this is not that. This is them taking the emotional, like one of the emotional cores of the game mm -hmm. and and like a plot thing yeah. and putting it behind that. And it's just like disgusting. <laughs> like I'm disgusted by this choice. Yeah. You know, it, it's like I, it's I feel like I'm holding a turd by the corner. Yeah, and you um, know, to, like to call a contrast between the two of us, I think that you know, me playing more kind of visual novel kind of stuff than you, I'm probably a little bit more tolerant of the idea of going through things multiple times to see different stuff. Like it's not, yeah. it's not great. Well, like I'm talking about getting all the weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, just uh, for, for 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 me here, like just the the way that this the way that this articulates is is really bad. Like I'm happy that I did and saw the stuff at the end of this. Like, I'm happy that I played the ending C and D. I'm, I am, I, I feel insulted by what I had to do to get there. So, yeah. So, so even if it, even if it's affecting you, like with your decreased sensitivity mm -hmm. to that, then like, it isn't pretty intense Yeah. at that point. Yeah. I, I get, I get you. Yeah. Cause yeah, the, the actual playing it again, like, which, which we'll get to, we'll talk about that a lot next episode mm -hmm. is like, also frustrating but doesn't yeah. feel like other people make that mistake yeah you know it's a uh, one of those things and God, this is getting into end game talk and, and just save it but i'll bring it up again too is like you can do one of the things i've always felt with this like you have to play the game multiple times to get the ending stuff is that oh like storytellers have been doing that forever there are ways to do it without making me play it again mm -hmm. and i just kept forgetting the like prime example of that which is uh, shadow of the colossus which recontextualizes your whole adventure without making you do new game plus mm-hmm like all of that stuff, all the they look like monsters to you is done ten times better in Shadow of the Colossus right. than this, I think. Um, and not least of which because you don't, you know, have to do it twice, but yeah. also just for every other reason. Like I'm planning, like that game sets up a very damning comparison to this one, I think. Yeah. Um, and came out way earlier, mm -hmm. you know, and is a masterpiece class game, and this is Amateur Hour. Yeah. Uh, and that's very frustrating to me. Yeah. So. Um, so let's, let's cruise, let's like fart through this chunk heap <laughs> as quick as we possibly can. Uh, yeah, be the, because, uh, because even the thing that you do at the end of this does not get cool until the second time through. Um, yeah, there, 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 there's only one thing that is interesting right now. Um, so one of these pieces is called laws of robotics. So we think, Hey, junk heap, maybe <laughs> there, there are five places in this world that one matches up closest. So let's go there. Um, mm. you go there, um, and we get kind of this flashback cutscene of the brothers who run the, uh, the weapon upgrading shop here, exploring the guts of the junk heap facility when just a whole bunch of metal falls and crushes, crushes Jacob, um, yeah. as Gideon screams and a fifties ass looking robot looks on. Yes. When we see Gideon, uh, he he's kind of grown up a little bit. Jacob's death was four years ago, and now he just wants to destroy robots. Yeah. He is he, filled with hate. 
he Rip is <laughs> yeah he he is uh completely obsessed with the idea of destroying these robots that he lives uh right next to yep. so he says hey i've got a sword for you um it's called iron will uh it's in really bad shape though you can go into b2 get the material that we need this memory stone uh to upgrade it here's a code to get to that level yeah yeah, a little weird that this is something that feels like a side upgrade that is being presented as like this is actually the main quest, mm-hmm. but it's being presented as like getting a new weapon and getting it upgraded. Right. You know, this we're just going to happen to stumble upon the main quest while we do it. Yeah. Um, you go down there, you do the minecart section again. You get into this large chamber and you fight this gigantic boxy robot that looks like the one you killed, uh, that killed Jacob. Right. Um, you eventually kill it and you get this memory alloy. Right. Um, there's not a whole like I don't remember this fight very well. It's um, it's really just like a, like a mid boss. I think maybe we even fought like one or two that were really similar to this. In yeah, I the, think so too. In the trap rooms before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> you get this alloy back to Gideon. He you know uses this a little bit as like manipulation or leverage against you, saying like, "Hey, it'll take some more time to fix this sword, um, but once it's repaired, I will have done you a favor, and you have a sword that can fight these fight these machines. Um, you know, will you will you go ahead and do this favor for me?" The, there's a break here. Like you have to go away while he repairs it um, yeah. and go do something else. I just in the notes and for the purpose of the episode, instead of going and talking about something else and coming back, just assume that we went and did another quest in the middle of this. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the point of that is. No. As a thing like kind of structurally, but yeah, that does happen. No other, another zone does it. It's right. not to like break it up or give you more variety because it's the only one that does it at all. Yeah. Um, maybe they know how bad the junk keep is. <laughs> right. You know? And they want to, they want to leaven it before they make you do the exact same fucking thing again. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. Like you have to go through B2 again. Like uh-huh. you, you know, uh, so you, uh, you get back, uh, you get the sword. <laughs> hey, you can do me a favor now. Cause I did that sword. Go avenge my brother. Yep. You um, go through the exact same hallways, fight the exact same enemies beat by beat. You get to the room where you fought that, um, where you fought that robot before you drop through a hole in the ground and there's just like a little vestibule where you can save your game <laughs> yep so it's okay it's boss fight time and the only reason why you're doing it is because they said actually it wasn't just a robot it was a shade yeah as piloting the robots you're like oh i hate shades mm-hmm. um you know and i want to i want to point out too like justifiably yep i guess like at this point too near like this game is not doing i think not doing a good job of like threading the like you're actually a monster and you feel like a monster mm-hmm. because everything you know like Nier is fairly blameless during this. Like everything you know is these are the Shadow Lord mm-hmm. who is named the Shadow Lord <laughs> who just came and with an army stole your daughter. Yeah. Like these are soldiers mm-hmm. to him, you know, and it, there's no reason for him to think otherwise Yeah, like, at this uh, point. So I think, you, you know, I've read other people or like the idea is supposed to be you're kind of supposed to be feel a little queasy about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, at this point, and I, I kind of don't. Yeah, it seems like a know? reasonable vendetta to have. Like he might go to unreasonable lengths about it, or be like pretty, you know, pretty, like pretty focused on it. Uh, you know, he's to, a little to a like overzealous. Way. Yeah, yeah, but he yeah. lost his daughter to this, and with the information that he has, which is imperfect, this is what he, you know, has opted to do. Again, the first half of the game was showing I will do anything for the good of my daughter. And in yeah. you know, the back half of the game, after five years of a fruitless search, it makes sense that he would be desperate, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, desperate and a little bit hateful, right? You know, of the of these things that, as far as he knows, like are servants of something called the Shadow Lord, yeah. who destroyed his town, you know, <laughs> tried to kill everyone he loves and stole his daughter. Yeah, and you know, the, 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 this is kind of more borne out um, in the you know, the ending B path. When you get more mm-hmm. information, but again, this idea of everybody doing what seems reasonable at the time, 
Yes. Um, and perpetuating what from their point of view seems like a noble conflict. Like that plays into the overall kind of theme of, you know, what's going on between the shades and right. the humans here. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like everybody is kind of acting in their enlightened best interest, but I feel like the game is trying to make you feel in advance a little queasy about it. Yeah. yeah. Like the reason why I bring it up with here and, and this is, uh, I mean, we'll get, we'll get to it in like a second. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there's another thing here that I think doesn't skirt that line very well right. and we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, so, so once you go through this boss chamber, you fight, uh, this gigantic robot named P33. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, there's a, there's a shade that is kind of like controlling it from the, uh, from its head. Um, mm-hmm. and the shade kind of looks a little bit like Emil. He's got a big round head. I think that's just the aesthetics of the shade though. I don't I know if so they're too. trying to draw a comparison. Um, it's a really basic fight at first, you know, attacks with AOEs and such halfway mm-hmm. through though, it starts flying into the ceiling, um, on these wings made of junk. Uh, I think, I think <laughs> near says, wait, it can transform. Yeah. yeah. Yep, it is a, indeed a transformer. Um, and it starts trying to bash its head into the, uh, the ceiling right. here and this sends rubble down and we eventually in the second in new game plus learn what that is. Yeah. Like yeah. why that's happening. But it, you know, it is, it is shouting like, like during this entire fight it is communicating, yelling things that just kind of seem like broken robot talk. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, um you, you take it down though. Uh, you kill it, you kill the shade. Right. Um, Gideon rushes in and starts kicking the shade, um, which is like smoking and sparking. And it's like, you know, this makes me feel better. Yeah. And I keep doing it. Uh, and event you kind of go like, you know, it's okay, kinda, he uh, he's, he's, he's snapped. Um, and as he's doing this saying, I'll make terrible weapons, killing machines. No one can stop me. Like he has sworn to escalate this, the, the, this fight against the machines. Right. Yes. And, you know, is going full on super villain and you aided and abetted this and have not actually dissuaded him from this path of madness driven by hate as Weiss describes it. Yes. And when, when, when I talk about this not hitting that balance, this is one of the things I mean. And it's a little bit of a spoiler for like New Game Plus, but the um, – not spoiler, but like plays into how this will be recontextualized is mm-hmm. that uh, the game has a couple attempts to make you feel bad just for killing shades mm-hmm. uh, in this first thing. I don't think they, they quite do it right. Right. But I feel extremely bad about this. Like not – I don't actually feel bad, but like <laughs> I understand that I could be made to feel bad by this kid coming in and saying he's going to be uh, Lord of War. Yeah. You know, um, and the uh, so in the next time when we come through this and we find that we actually uh, killed an innocent robot mm-hmm. uh, during this, it feels very gilding the lily yeah. on top of this. Yeah. You the... know, it's just like it, it's just kind of, uh, you know, it feels <laughs> sloppy. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's taking half hearted stabs at saying the same thing twice in slightly different ways. Yes. Um, and also, like, this is very on the nose in pointing at. But pointing at Gideon's behavior, behavior and making the player think, haha, it's exactly, it's exactly like what Nier's doing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like it, it, yeah. it is drawing that parallel with the subtlety of a fucking sledgehammer. It's, it's very hard. It's, it, yeah, it's very heavy. And the, like the two of them, it's that, that whole, they look like monster to you thing, like, which works on me half the time. This is one that doesn't work for me. Like mm-hmm. the actual story this is, I don't think is particularly good. Mm-hmm. The B side story. And then the wolf one. No. I think are both kind of dumb and feel like they're from different games yeah. to me. Like they don't have anything to do with the main game or like the main kind of things we're dealing with, right. you know? Um, the other two work better for me because they, they feel more integrated in the world. Yes. You know, it's so like the last one we did mm-hmm. that gets a B side. Um, I think that's a much more successful B side yes. than this one. Like we'll get to this one and it is like, it's sad, but it's just sad because the iron giant is sad. <laughs> you know, it's borrowing sadness from something else. Right. 
You know, it's not it's not earning its sadness. Yeah. Um, you know, you get the Weiss even comments on this, you know, madness driven by hate. This is hardly the ending I was expecting. Uh, and you get the laws of robotics key. Yeah. I think, I think at one point, like Weiss says, oh, revenge, it is a terrible, futile thing to, you know, to, to pursue. And then Nier says, yeah, I know. Well, let's go on this path of revenge. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> cool. I got you, bro. All right. Um, yeah. yeah, man, we really learned a lesson about not climbing into fridges. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seal me up. <laughs> Yep, seal me up, Scotty. Now we're going to head back to Facade. Yes. When you go back to, to Poplar, um, you know, she hasn't figured out uh, more about the map that you're on. She hasn't figured out, you know, where the sacrifice is going to be, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But we got some mail and you get a wedding invite from the King of Facade. Yes. Uh, he's getting yep. married and it has all kinds of, you know, formal, formal facade speak and invocations of rules. But there's a postscript that basically just says, yeah, you're my friends. You're really important in our lives. Uh, I would like I would like you to come. Mm-hmm. So that's cute. Um, and you go there, like you go to the gates of the King's mansion. One of the guards gives you a rail compass, which lets you navigate the sandstorm, uh, again, making it possible for you to do some of the side quests, um, that get you the true ending. Yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, cause you're going to be going back and forth through here because this is where the side quest store is, <laughs> is in this town. Yes. Which, you know, again, uh, um, no. <laughs> uh, we go to the King's mansion though. And we find out that the King, uh, his bride to be is Fira. Uh, the girl yes. from the first part of the game, uh, before the time skip, who we helped out, the one who showed us around, who was not permitted to speak back then because of her station. Uh, but now, you know, she's going to be the queen. Yeah. And of course, of course it's her. Yes. We only know two characters in this area. <laughs> right. Uh, like, she, she threatened to boycott the ceremony and we didn't come. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you, you stay in the king's chambers overnight. Uh, Kane feels like, you know, uh, you know, I won't really be. Welcome at the the ceremony. I won't really fit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emil is excited as hell. Yeah. And it's just like, sometimes when I think about a wedding, I can't sleep for days. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, Junior. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Skella, yeah. Skella boy. <laughs> he, um, he is just, he, he's enamored of, of, of the romance and the, and the ceremony and, yeah. the, and, 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 and the pageantry of it. And he even asked, he asked near kind of a, like a pressing question, like, oh, you don't feel this way. You know, like, would you ever get married again? It's it's played a little bit for drama, like, as he says, like, hey, stop asking stupid questions. He leaves, and then Emil says, well, it's not a stupid question. Yeah, um, yeah. I, actually, yeah, I like that touch. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 is, it, it is strange, and uh, like, the only reason I say that is the extended materials that you read, like, in the in the grimoire near – kind of allude to the fact that Nier has a crush on or that uh that um that Emil has a crush on Nier. Yes. But I and don't that's, that's understand that's div- that. uh it's it barely alludes to it is my understanding. Yeah. And then but it's something that the developers confirmed. Right, right. So like we'll get into more of that during the next episode. But two of the big kind of representation wins in this game are 
not in the text and instead were just kind of said by the developers. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is fine. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that makes it fake, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it is okay. But yeah. that, like, Emil being gay uh, and uh, Kanye being intersex mm-hmm. are two things that the developers have just said, like, yep, that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, based it's... on response, like, questions that the fans asked. Yeah, yeah. It's um, my understanding is specifically Kanye, um, Kanye's intersexuality, um, ends up being more properly expressed in the Japanese text. It's pretty hmm. unsubtle in the American version, specifically at the beginning of the ending B path. Oh, I, I think it's extremely subtle. I didn't pick it up at all. Oh, really? Like, huh. all, yeah, all they do is is say like you're different, yeah. like essentially, like but, they don't they don't say in what manner at all. And Kanye had like at that point. I don't know that Connie doesn't have a shade with her. Mm. Like Connie's been a weird kind of half monster the entire time. And yeah. then having kids beat her up for being different, like yeah. different can mean anything. Yeah. For, you know? for, 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 for me, it's, it stuck out as being like, Oh, that's exactly what it is. Like at one point or we're step, stepping out to, to next episode, they say like, Oh, I, you know, like you're, you're calling yourself she now or something like that. They say, they say you call yourself a, a girl. But to me, yeah. I just thought that is like being a human. Okay. Like I wasn't specifically thinking of that as gender. Like you think of yourself as a little boy, but actually mm. you're a monster. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Like I think, I think it's, it's actually very subtle. Mm. And I, and there, that's the only text actually yeah. too. There's, there's one line. Yeah. Uh, in in the entirety of mm-hmm. the text of Nier that refers to something that could hint at it. It's not yeah, yeah. something – even if, if that hint is more heavy for you, like that's the only hint that is in the game. Right, right. So I'm not trying to take that away from anybody. Like no, I, I no. like that that representation is here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, know that – I guess the, the grander point is that there is a lot of Nier that is supported by outside textual stuff. Yeah, that's – that makes um, sense. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't quite stand uh, as a as, – being a hundred percent on its own, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, so, and, so that, that's what those things. The only reason, the only reason I say Emil's line and that kind of that that notion is strange is because it is not supported within the text um, it, an well, awful lot. Like he yeah, he, he admires near, but yeah, it just seems like they're good friends. Yeah, to me, I would never in a million years have thought he was gay. Right. Like to me, to me, I always feel like, and this is not everybody thinks this, but I always feel like uh, a little bit hinky if I assume like. A, char- a male character who likes another character is gay. Hmm. Like I just don't, I just don't feel like that's uh, who do like you know just likes him as as a buddy. Like it feels like I shouldn't be projecting that. Yeah, you know, and and that's because I am a straight white dude. I shouldn't be doing that, but I'm also not going to stop stand in the way of somebody who is gay. Yeah, identifying with a character and picking that up. Yeah, I won't. You know, I, I won't stand in the way of uh, in the way of somebody. I specifically don't. Don't make that leap whenever there is a affection expressed between. I never make the two. Leap. Yeah, I, I never make that specifically because that is something that feels very freshman English one hundred and one. Like this is a this, <laughs> either these two characters are gay. This is a story that is actually about drugs, or this is a story <laughs> that is actually about religion. Like those those, yeah. those those seem like the the two easiest moves to make when analyzing uh, fiction yep. or relationships within fiction. So I try not to do it. Yep, that that's a big part of it, and it just feels like I don't. Like, it just feels like territory I don't need to be, yeah. you know, walking into. Like, yeah. um, so I, I definitely don't see it with Emil at all. Right. What's kind of interesting is, you know, this brings up, this is the first, maybe the first mention of Nier's ex-wife mm-hmm. uh, during this. Um, that is what the DLC is about. Yeah, it is her, it is her dream yeah. diary. Yeah. Which is just you as mini Nier, as like mother <laughs> Nier, doing 15 combat gauntlets. Yeah. Because that's cool. That's what what we play this game for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would. You you couldn't pay me to do the DLC for yeah. this. No, you know. No. Um, but the uh, so that is actually one of the. It is one of the weird kind of just characters who is important in her absence. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like Yona never talks about her mom. No, no. Like it's just kind of a weird thing. Like the mom is just mostly absent, and they they patched her in via DLC, which is very strange. <laughs> right. Um. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on this too much more, but I want to go back and kind of clarify something that I said earlier. I don't. I don't jump to assuming that a character or you know reading re- reading homosexuality or queerness to a character. That's my own personal thing. I like. I don't want to imply that somebody who looks at that and sees it because of either identification or representation issues, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking out for this because of my own lived experience. I am not saying that you are doing a, a basic English 101 thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Because of that. I just, I want to make sure that I, that I did not misspeak and accidentally say, like, anytime that happens for anybody with any experience, um, it is, it is a basic move. No, that, that, that wasn't my intention for me. That's, that's my, no, that's no, my I, I didn't take it that way. Yeah. I, when you said freshman English 101, I was specifically thinking of that in terms of like my freshman English 101 mm-hmm. experience, which, uh, was predominantly straight kids yeah. who were searching for something Like there's something that happens like when you, you know, uh, like to the, to the newly kind of woke, you know, where I think that you, uh, you don't know how that being a good ally for like all this stuff means like shutting up and just listening. Yeah. So you are trying to, like, you think you're helping by jumping to those conclusions. (laughs) Right. And that's what I, I took as what you meant. Like I've definitely been that experience in college and high school level, like English classes where like. That was the the supposition, and it was from yeah. people who I think were trying to say that to be good. Yeah, you know, and th- yeah. that's the the you know I don't think that's generally true. That's the, those specific people mm-hmm. who I'm talking about, based on other things I knew about them. That's what it felt like. Yeah, uh, to me, and I just don't you know if somebody if somebody tells me that they are or they are in the text, mm-hmm. that's great. But yeah. I just I just don't make that assumption. Yeah, I just I, I I did not want to plant my flag and come out and say that any queering of media is automatically facile. Like that's not no, what I, I want to. That's not. Yeah, what I, 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 I didn't take it that, that yeah. way. And I think that we we talked about that a lot during the Bayonetta mm-hmm. episode. Um, and I think that you know I think that our positions on it are like fairly clear. Yeah. Of like not wanting to take anything away from anybody and not really having a problem with it, just mm-hmm. knowing that that's not our lane. Yeah. You know, and again, not our lane because of game stuff, not our lane as like street white dudes mm-hmm. who who don't know shit about this and don't need to take that from anybody. Right. <laughs> like it's just like you just don't need to hear us talk about that. Yeah. You know, so if we had come into this, and we'd be like, you know what? Emil might be gay. <laughs> like that would, that would be us literally just being out of our lane. Yeah. Know, I feel like yeah. that would have sucked. Yeah. Uh, so, not, so, not, like, not, not a move I would want to make. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um. But yeah, anyway, so th- it's a little bit weird that, you know, so this, I guess, you know, it, this almost supports it as him saying that, like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he wants to get married in here at some point. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't really matter, though. Like, right. essentially, it's, I took this as more character development for near, you know, excising that part from his life. Yes. Essentially. Um, so next day, you kind of wake up. Uh, Nier is talking to the king. The king is worried, like, hey, this is kind of an inappropriate time. Like, there's nobody can eat. There's a famine. Again, mm-hmm. there's no evidence of this, but there's a famine. Yeah. The, the harvest has been really bad, and the dogs are attacking. Um, Weiss says, like, no, people need, you know, this is you being a good ruler. People need a reason to celebrate. Yeah. Um, we get to the wedding. The king and queen marry, uh, king and queen marry, and a woman appears and collapses. Says, the wolves are coming. Run. And we get another cutscene death. The wolves mm. uh, go and kill Fyra. Yes. Um, specifically, uh, a wolf that is shadified, right? Yes. Uh, shade-possessed comes in and just completely dismantles Fyra. Um, yes. And it brings on, like, a small little boss fight with this. You know, we don't take it out here, but we have the shade wolf running around that can reflect magic. Yeah. Um, and halfway through the battle, it runs away. 
um, yep. leave, you know, just leaving tragedy on Swake. Yep, because Fyra is wounded and dying. Um, she's more concerned with the people than her own well-being. She thanks the king for marrying her and then uh, dies. You know, your your life has just begun. We were going to go travel and see new things and be together. Yeah. Uh, but she dies. But that cannot happen. And the king yep. calls for revenge on, you know, on his own. You know, all the wolves die tonight. Yes. Uh, again, a little on the nose. Right. How we keep running to these places who are, <laughs> uh, you know, dead set on genocide. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, the wolves previous to this, them being set up as this gigantic threat falls very flat for me. <laughs> yep. Um, they were the main enemy you fought outside. Yes. Uh, here, but that was it. It was them and the scorpions. So imagine yeah. just flipping a coin and then having it be, <laughs> we need to take the scorpions out. All I scorpions die. The, all scorpions must die. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it this is this is silly. This comes out of fucking nowhere. And the way this articulates the second time I hate actually. Yeah. Like we'll get to it. But this this is actually surprise surprise this is an environmentalism myth message mm-hmm. uh that is snuck in the middle of this game for no fucking reason. Um once we get to the B side. Right. So uh you know, King says all wolves have to die. Weiss and the guards say, like, ah, you know, you can't win that fight. Lots of wolves, man. Yeah. And also and there's so many rules against declaring war. So Yep. But he says he's gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Um, he's going to do it, you know, near and everybody else are going to, or uh, near and the party are going to help because there's a shade involved. Right. Yeah. You go to help. And then the head of the guard comes and says, Hey, I went to every single citizen and got support of the war. So here we go. We're going to yep. lead this party, uh, to their den and fight maybe a handful of them. And that's going to be all of them. So, yeah, yeah. That's all the wolves. Yeah. Um, so they, we can all go uh, with the King. The, the guard got the support of all the citizens. Right. Uh, for the war. Um, you go to the den, you kill the handful of wolves. Uh, the leader pops out, um, who's kind of a tough fight because he's very fast. Yeah, actually, this is one of the few times where I died in the middle of a fight. Um, yeah. This took this took a handful of tries just to figure out the best way to approach. Yep. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is tough. Right. Um, the king eventually, though, gets the death blow. Uh, drives his spear through the the wolf's uh, eye. Right. And uh, it does look pathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, it's trying to make us feel a little bit bad for doing it. But also this guy just, like, literally just killed this dude's wife. Yeah. You know, just now, um, you know, which we'll, we'll get to. Um, and this gives us the loyal service key. Yes. Didn't seem so loyal to me. But uh, <laughs> what do I know? Uh, what have you. So <laughs> we've got this. Um, and one of the options to consider, again, uh, it's a world with five locations. Uh, we uh, The next place is the Forest of Myth once more. Um mm-hmm. You know, you go there, the mayor says, hey, something is wrong with the divine tree in the middle of the village, uh, but the people can't get close to investigate it again because of their own rules. They can only approach for prayer, not to fix it. Yep. Um, so you can go uh, talk to all the villagers here, and they all have extremely boring stories Yeah. Uh, that are mostly rendered through ellipses mm-hmm. uh, here. And this is eventually becomes funny in aggregate like the first time i just thought it was a little bit annoying but then yeah. vice eventually starts saying like why are you why are you listening <laughs> yeah you know why are you doing this like yeah and i thought it was kind of funny yeah it's it's, um, it's 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 an interesting contrast that the stories that they told were you know so engaging the first time but without the magic of this tree or without the you know the the, the dream they completely fall flat they have all the yeah. life dra- uh, drawn from them yep 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 yeah um so you end up actually like you go and you talk to the tree mm-hmm um, and the tree says it gathers memories as words and then turns them into stars. Yeah. Um, this is not how it's supposed to be. The plan has failed. Right. So again, kind of hinting at the, the grander nature of, of this tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it is here, like it is supposed to serve an archival purpose, but you know the the, the stars, the jewels that it is, you know, um, arranged them into, uh, have been plundered. Basically, something yes. something has uh, gone wrong, and it only has a few left. And it goes into a little bit of detail on these, um, you know, specific concepts that it uh, that it still holds on to. So it tells the story of a young boy who you know dies in the in the hospital, um, specifically after he loses hope. You know, he was sick and tired of seeing his family. The only person that he wanted to see was this girl who kept on coming. Um, Mm -hmm. But she stops coming. He loses hope and dies, Um, you know, forming the word envy. This is the concept of envy. Yeah. And that's Um, kind of like what this is. It's like you going through and getting these short stories and getting these, these sad concepts. Yes. Being kind of built Uh, like, and you may be held so wrapped that you miss the detail that she is either brown eyed, blue eyed or green eyed. Yeah. So that's the game part of this is that it's, testing you it's a memory game right essentially which like meh um you know okay (laughs) and it's randomized you know so you can't cheat and like when you say you miss the detail it's not that you're because you're too wrapped it's because it's not a relevant detail no (laughs) it's just like oh she's a blue-eyed girl okay fine yeah yeah it's it's a it's a non-important detail that you have no idea that you're supposed to be paying attention to Mm mm-hmm you know, unless you know ahead of time what's going to happen. So, like, I find this extremely annoying. Yeah. Um, um, and when you say it's randomized, um, the problem with that is as you're mashing text. So if you fail one of these, drops you back to the beginning. Okay, you go yep. through. You say, okay, the color of envy is green. You put that. You put that in. Yep. At the next story, if you you know miss this, if you miss that detail, um, and you go back the second time, well, it might be brown this time. So you can't just you can't just skip skip skip, um, and then put in put in blue because no, the answer is brown this time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I find it very annoying and just like a, a lazy way to gamify this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this like, and it is like technically kind of a boss fight mm-hmm. is the idea behind this, but it's just, it's so shitty. Yeah. I mean, and like, some of the writing is good in it, but yeah. Uh, like, I like this next story about the, about the warrior, this, you know, warrior who was fighting for her daughter, um, you know, losing 63 companions, um, and fighting as if in a fugue state against a, you know, a great red eyed beast. You know, she can't even remember if her daughter exists enough or exists yeah. or not. You know, she is so far gone into into the battle haze. Um, yep. And this creates the idea of loss. Dot JPEG. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, yeah. That's how that's the origins. Yeah. But, but, um, but the detail is you have to remember how many of her companions plus her daughter she lost. Yeah. And once you get it, you start seeing like what are going to be the details. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is what's that um what's that movie trivia board game? Oh, uh, that's what this is. Yeah. You're playing Reddit, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, you know, do you do you what was the color of the, the mailbox yeah. of the fire hydrant behind Captain America as he did something you're actually paying attention to? Yeah. It's like, who gives a fuck? That's not even trivia. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, it's you know, it's uh, it's like sub trivia. It's bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, there, there's a there's an explicit uh, nod to um, uh, Drakengard and this. Yeah. It has uh, a story that it cannot quite remember. It is half lost of a red dragon that falls from the sky in the city. Uh, yep. And it's a shame because that was one of the tree's favorites. Yep. Uh, the tree loved Dragon Guard. <laughs> the, um, you later get a – that dragon got turned into a sword you can get. Um, so, okay. Uh, Poor dragon. Um, so since these memories have kind of dwindled, the tree's branches uh, went bare. Right. At this. And uh, as as you you know, after you do this, you you and Weiss are ushered into this room where the floor is covered with these jewels. Right, they're like spent. They're like the crystals that have had the life sucked out of them. Yeah, you know, they they pick one up and they see a, the you know the village trapped in a dream. It's a memory of what we saw before. Um, and they 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 would hear out more of this. They would hear more of what the tree has to say. But a shade appears and starts chowing down on these memories. Yep. 
Yeah. Yep. And this is where you get the the actual quiz. You've already had the stories, but this is where the quiz questions come in. Right. What the details. Um, and uh, as as you kind of answer, it becomes uh, clear that you are. It's actually from the pers- uh, perspective of the shade, and near is the one cutting you down. Right. Um, specifically, like cutting open its gut to get the you know to get to get the valuable memory inside. Yeah, you know, and the near and, and the so the near the shade is thinking, you know, like uh, through through the narration, I have to touch him, I have to touch near, I must make contact. Yep, yep. But near cuts him down. Yep, and a key falls <laughs> from his stomach. That's the memory of tree uh, key. <laughs> And uh, the world kind of begins to fall, fall apart. And it says, I implore you, the most important thing in the world. Yep. There. And you have three answers they can give. And it's all Yona in different spacings. Yes. Which is which is a cool little detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what would have been a good, a B plus good first twine game. Thing. <laughs> um, the uh, So after you leave, you know, like you're like, oh, I didn't realize like shades were capable of rational thought. Um, you know, Weiss says. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you say, I don't care if they can tap dance and play the fiddle. Can't I just kill something without this voodoo nonsense? Yep. There. So he is. Uh, he's a hardline. Yes. Uh, murder boy. It's almost like there's a moral there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. It's kind of cool. Um, it was kind of cool. Um, he, uh, you know, it doesn't really work, but it's kind of cool. Uh, and then this is this is we're going to end the episode. Yes. Uh, this episode. So uh, we are going to be back with the finale and talk about a lot more cool stuff in Miss Potential uh, <laughs> during, during that one, but more cool stuff happens. Like the second visit to the forest of myth, I'm not really into yeah. as much as the first one. Right. Like, I don't like the mechanical side of this as much. And I think that like what the, the tree actually is, is cool. And mm-hmm. this weird liminal hint state that it's in no. kind of like letting, you know, doesn't shunt it into cool. You know, it takes it away from what was cool before and doesn't put it into what will eventually be cool. Right, right. I guess. Yeah. It just kind of feels a little like hinty and, yeah. and it's, vague it, for the sake of being vague. Yeah, it, it, it is It is extending kind of half-complete notions here to kind of like prime you for some of the revelations you're going to get later. But the problem is, you know, none of it is memorable enough to feel like it is, you know, setting, you know, setting a time-delayed charge. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, once I got to the end, it wasn't like this was meaningful and I remembered it. Yeah. It's only uh, in talking about it or thinking about it now that, that it, that like the stuff that's important sticks out. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to pick up next time. There's one final uh, piece of the key that we need to get that is held in the airy. Um, yep. and then we're going to be, we're, we're like very quickly, we're going to get to credits, uh, in the next episode. Yep. And then we are going to go so quickly through new game plus, <laughs> uh, cause I just want to talk about new stuff. Yes. And it's going to be a real classic watch out for fireballs. Like this is going to go real fast on our end, mm-hmm. but know that you still have to go through all these dungeons. Like you can skip a lot of stuff. You can't skip everything though. Mm-hmm. And they do not change. No. Um, so it is just playing the same game you just played uh, yeah. just again in yeah. order to get like m- maybe 40 minutes, maybe yeah. a half hour of actual new content, mm-hmm. you know, to do. It is a bad value proposition. Yeah. Um, and- anyway, you slice it. Don't worry, I have uh, written the notes in such a way that uh, match exactly what you described. That we only hit the stuff that's new. So that's great. Yeah. So we can we can cruise, and then we, then we'll talk about ending C and D, and then kind of like final final wrap up stuff, mm-hmm. um, and everything. So mm-hmm. that is that's the plan for the, the next episode. If you have things to say about near, um, as you were hearing this, you still have time. Yes, um, August fifteenth will be the deadline for that. Um, or if you have things to say about God of War one, yeah. 
Um, yeah, the, uh, so, uh, that will be, by then we'll do the responses. And if you have anything to say about Autour Adventure Month, which we'll detail shortly, that is September 15th. Yes. Uh, do that. And that's duckfeed.tv slash contact. Please. For those. Um, if you have thoughts about different games, so if you, if you have played and have something to say about, about, about both God of War and Nier, uh, please mm-hmm. submit them as separate, uh, things that makes it easier to, uh, uh, categorize them. Yes, we appreciate that. I know it's kind of a pain, but it's also, it makes it much easier for us. Yes. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so September, we are going to be playing three auteur adventure games. This is a Patreon, um, or this is a, a patron, uh, backed month. Uh, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about, um, Quest for Glory 2, mm-hmm. um, Callahan's Cross Time Saloon, and Gabriel Knight 3, Blood of the Sacred, Blood of the Damned. I am super excited. Me too. Like, uh, to get into this, like, that just sounds, like a balm. I was gonna say balmy, but that is means something <laughs> That's different. That's weather. Yeah, yeah. It sounds balma. Um, <laughs> that means something different as well. Yeah. The um, no, it just sounds like a balm. So yes. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we have October planned. Uh, watch out during that response episode, so we'll announce it. Mm-hmm. Um, October has a poll. Uh, so if you want to vote in that poll. Uh, which you probably do. That's mm-hmm. why we're playing God of War. That is a result of that poll. Yeah. Um, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Any amount, uh, you get cooler and cooler stuff the more mm-hmm. you're able to give, but any amount gets you in on the polls. Yes. So if you want to uh, have a say in what we cover uh, during that month, that is how you do so. Yes. Um, otherwise, you know the usual stuff you can do. Tell friends and uh, leave ratings or reviews if possible. We appreciate all mm-hmm. of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think that's uh, that's probably it. Um, oh, um, this is kind of early, but not too early. Um, if you're going to make travel arrangements, we will be at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Yes, we will. Uh, in, uh, 2018, um, we have, uh, decided what we're going to do, but we're going to make, we'll announce that probably soon. Yeah. But you do want to come and check out that panel and come hang out with us. And I think this is going to be a good year to go, uh, confirmed, uh, Greer's going to be there. (laughs) So if you are a fan of Radio Free Midworld or Days of Future Cast, um, they you know aren't going to be on the panel, but they'll be hanging out yeah. with us during the convention. Yeah. And you can come say hi to Greers as well. Yeah, we'll have meetups and stuff like that. So Yeah. It's gonna be a blast. Yeah. It's gonna be a really good year to go. If you've been, you know, I'd like to go, but like I want to do a different vacation year or something like that. I think mm-hmm. this is probably gonna be one of the stronger years for it. Yes. Um so if you're considering it, uh, I think this is the year to go. Please. Um so no money's tight, I'm not putting any pressure on anybody, mm-hmm. but just know that uh if if any time <laughs> we'd love to see you yeah absolutely yeah um yeah and i think that's uh that's probably uh about it oh and just uh, to get people guessing um we have a vague plan for something kind of special for patrons for the seven-year anniversary of the show oh yeah so uh if you want to uh, get in on that we're not gonna announce what it is until it happens <laughs> until it comes out yeah but if you want a cool surprise mm-hmm. um join us for for seven years of the show uh september 8th my birthday is the birthday of the show. The first episode came out on my birthday as well, mm-hmm. um, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, and you have a uh, about a month and a week as of recording to uh, get in on that. Yeah. So. All right. Gary, I really need to use the restroom so we can end the episode now. I say you just pee and I'll keep <laughs> vamping about Patreon for a little bit. Okay. The, uh, so Patreon started. And I <laughs> Jesus. Started. Okay. I, I really I really do need to go. So. Yeah, I really need to stay here and, All right, and bye. urinate in your pants. Um, so until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Peeing? Think, oh, he's going to do it. <laughs> Yay. Um, I will let, uh, let him off the hook. <laughs> That's, I did not feel bad. Like I did not expect that to, to actually go that way. I kind of felt like he's doing a bit. So uh, before anybody calls DCFS on me, uh, just know that <laughs> I didn't, uh, I didn't mean to, to hurt him that bad. Um, I Here, uh, I'll, I'll finish this out. Hey, cool. What should we watch out for? Uh, 
what should they watch out for until next time? Um, having to pee. And then uh, the end, and then the music will start. <laughs> Okay. I'm, just, I'm, I'm really sorry to do that to you, man.